0: Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34.
1: That when the future of the planet is at stake, there is no middle ground. We will take on the fossil fuel industry and transform our energy system. We have got to make it clear that when this country drifts toward oligarchy, there is no middle ground. Large profitable corporations like Amazon will pay their fair share of taxes. When it comes to health care, there is no middle ground. Health care is a human right, not a privilege. And we will guarantee health care to all of our people through a Medicare for all single-payer system. When it comes to abortion, there is no middle ground. A woman has the right to control. When it comes to prescription drugs, no middle ground, we're going to take on the pharmaceutical industry, cut prescription drug prices in half. And when it comes to mass shootings and the fact that 40,000 people were killed last year with guns, no middle ground, we will take on the NRA. And when it comes to criminal justice reform and immigration reform, no middle ground. We will take on the prison industrial complex. We will take on racism at the border. And when it comes to foreign policy, no middle ground. We will finally put an end to a bloated middle military budget and end endless wars. Brothers and sisters, Trump wants to divide us up. We will stand together. Black and white. And Latino, Native American, Asian American, we will stand together and create the nation that we know we will become. Brothers and sisters, in this momentous moment in American history, We have got to be thinking not just about ourselves, but future generations. Let us go forward together. Thank you.
0: So this week on the podcast, we're going to do a wrap up from the uh, California Democratic Party convention. Uh, I've got Pete. Peter Douche.
2: Peter Pat Pat the Burner Douche Silver, Nate (laughs) Sliver.
0: Nate Sliver with me um, and John Graziano with me. We've spent the last three days covering the convention. Uh, So we're just basically going to talk through some of the things that we witnessed, things that we thought were important, and um, whatever else comes up into the conversation. I wanted to first bring up some of the new media headlines that have been coming out the last two days in regards to Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, Politico had a piece this morning talking about how he had waning popularity. Um, I, you know, we've seen them all. But what was really stunning about this is is while we were there at the convention, I, I it was unbelievable how many people just wanted to see Bernie talk to Bernie. Every time he walked into a room, the place erupted. I remember being in the credentials committee hearing and I could hear him go from caucus to caucus. Right. You knew every time he was... In a caucus because there would just be clapping and chanting and burning, burning. Like, so these guys writing these hit pieces, where were they? Because they obviously weren't at the convention.
2: They were probably all in a back room coordinating with each other their hit pieces. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. because anyone there, you, you would be in a room because yeah. the conference has a lot of breakout rooms for subcommittees and right. caucuses. And I mean, for example, I was in the Veterans Caucus. And right next door, you hear a big, loud, thunderous
3: applause yeah.
2: and you just through the wall. Bernie. Yeah, and you just knew it was Bernie. <laughs> it was the right. same thing
4: when we were at the
3: credentialing yeah. committee, there was just Bernie, Bernie, Bernie.
0: Right. As we were li- listening to Maria Strada get her ass handed to her by the Rendon people, mm-hmm. we could hear Bernie. Bur-, and I was like, we're in here covering this, which is really important. But listen to what's going on next door. But
3: also the the cheers for Tulsi were about as loud.
0: Yeah. I think Tulsi had...
3: She had a lot of support, too, yeah, especially in the Veterans Committee. That mm-hmm. was
0: huge. Well, let's talk about the Veterans Committee for a second. Veterans Caucus. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. Veterans Caucus I for a second. I get it wrong all the time. Uh, that's all right. Um, so they did some interesting things. They had the presidential candidate.
2: Candidate forum. Forum the sort of thing.
0: Kind of thing. Um,
5: right.
0: Where we had what really, in my opinion, was the best speech that Tulsi gave during the convention. Um, I think some of the highlights were... Uh, she brought up the choice of being able to take medical marijuana versus op- opioids, where mm-hmm. this was a problem. The VA wouldn't cover that, and she's mm-hmm. so why not? Why why are we trying to give push these mm-hmm. addictive opioids instead of letting them have medical marijuana?
5: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, <clears throat> I think the other big topic was depor- deported uh, veterans, which is a really big issue. I don't know how many people realize this. There are uh, veterans of of Iraq War that are now being deported by ICE right. mm-hmm. because. They're not. How embarrassing is that as a it's country? Fucking it's fucking insane. No, that's
3: insane. That's insane. Um, and the thing that killed me was to see candidate after candidate. Um, and I don't think Bernie was explicit about that. Of course, he's horrified by deporting veterans. Um, I didn't... He brought re- it up too, yeah. He brought it up. I don't remember if he gave uh, a solution. Tulsi mm. was very strong on it. Right. And then Klobuchar and John Delaney slash Joe Donnelly, Donnelly. right <laughs> Slash Dick Dumfry, Jim Dumfrey. I don't yeah. know what got his up name? there and uh, and talked about a path to citizenship, right. and I was like, no,
0: he did not know his room. They
3: completed their path to citizenship when they served when they in served the country. Yes, I agree. When, it's, it's outrageous. So just right. get some buses, yeah. go down
2: there, bring them home, and bring them home.
0: I agree what
3: to speak say? to the enthusiasm.
0: Yeah.
2: So Bernie mm-hmm. was the first person to speak at the event and it took forever to quiet the room after he was done. He
0: rolled in with Dr. Cornell West yes. and Danny Glover. So it wasn't, yeah. it he was- He a rock
6: star.
7: we bring Sanders up that he will live out the ultimate vision that Dr. West has spoken about that is Dr. King's prophetic vision of no more militarism and when he is president, there will be no more unconstitutional wars.
1: Well, let me uh, thank you all for allowing me to speak here uh, briefly. I, I think i got three minutes. Is that it? <laughs> this is not the United States Senate. Few points. First, thank you all very much for your service. Uh, as Ro mentioned, when I was chair of the Veterans Committee, uh, we introduced, uh, with the support of all of the veterans' organizations, the American Legion, the VFW, etc., the strongest piece of veterans' legislation in the modern history of the United States of America. And it would have revolutionized the VA, would have opened the doors the VA for far more people, it would have brought dental care into VA health care, it would have provided just a whole range of new services. Unfortunately, we got every Democrat to vote for it in the Senate. We only had two Republicans, 56 votes, we couldn't get what I wanted, but we did address some of the crises facing the VA of tens of thousands of vacancies in the VA which have to be filled. So, we have a lot of work to make the VA the quality system that it must be to guarantee health care for all veterans. And in that process, we will not privatize the veterans. Way back when, after the Vietnam War, a great injustice was done to those people who fought in that war. And that war was a very unpopular war. It was a war that I opposed. But what happened is when the veterans came back, they were held responsible for a war that they never caused. All right? That was a war that politicians caused. And the lesson of that is never blame the men and women who do the fighting. You don't like the war, blame the people who created the war in the first place. Somebody who strongly opposed the war in Iraq, somebody who's trying to get U.S. out of the Saudi-led intervention in Yemen, yeah. and somebody who do everything that I can to make sure that we do not get our troops involved in a never-ending war in Iran. as the former chair of the Veterans Committee, I have talked to a whole lot of people in the military, and it is the military, men and women, not the politicians, who understand really what the cost of war is about. And you know in Iowa, very easy for Trump and his billionaire friends to be so tough, and we're gonna go to war here, and we're gonna go to war there. It is not their kids who's going to fight in those wars? It is the children of the working class of this country. Love
5: we're going everything we
1: can, and I want to thank those who are here. I've received the, the highest awards of the American Legion and the VFW, and I very much appreciate it. We're going to do everything we can to improve the VA, to make sure that our veterans get the benefits that they are due, when they are due, and we're going to do our best to make sure that our young men and women never again get into a war which we should not be fighting.
3: Thank you. Very much. I got a hug. From meeting the Cornell Cornel West, When like, oh, I mean, you got a hug. I was a little more excited meeting Cornell West than I was the first time I met Bernie. It was. Yeah, I mean,
8: that no, guy's that guy's a West serious is,
0: dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's serious dude. Up. But I
2: saw him at the after party, and he was after partying.
0: Yeah.
6: So and <laughs> we gonna show the world. We want to send a special message to Brother Biden. He yeah. says he's the most
5: progressive in the race. He said, get off the symbolic crack pipe, brother. We love you, but you're not the most.
0: So, he's also serious. Of, Cohen, right? He's yes. also
3: serious about his party. <laughs> yes, which sure. I
0: wait, I respect that. Okay, so I um, I think the other thing that Tulsi Gabbard brought up that it was really important is the discussion on depart, having a Department of Peace. Yes. So she's been an advocate for ending regime change war. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things she said that really stuck with me was she said that our military was being used as Saudi Arabia's armed forces.
9: Real quick, uh, members, if you have a veteran-related question for our Q&A session of the forum, please submit a comment card to the front, and you will be called on to ask your question. Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, you have three minutes for your opening statement. Thank you very
8: much. Aloha, my fellow veterans. It's great to be here with all of you to see how you are taking a leadership role to make sure that our voices, veterans' voices, are heard in this elections process and that the needs of our veterans are met and addressed. I don't have to tell you how frustrating it is to see how time and time again, there are examples of how far away our government has gotten from the vision our founders had for us. Of a government truly of, by, and for the people. Instead, what we see in Washington too often is a government of, by, and for, Self-serving politicians or greedy corporations or the rich and powerful. What happens as a result? We the people suffer. People are left struggling and suffering and left behind. The values that are at the heart of every service member, every single one of you here, those values of service above self are what we need so desperately in this country to have leaders who are actually putting the well-being of the people of this country at the forefront, above all else. It is those values that I seek to bring to the White House, to serve as your president and commander-in-chief, and to restore the principles of respect and honor and integrity to the presidency. I'm still serving in the Army National Guard today. I've been serving for over 16 years.
5: the first female combat veteran ever to run for president, and in Congress I
8: served on the Foreign Affairs and the Armed Services Committees for over six years. So like you, I know the importance of our national security, and I know the cost of war. I've seen it firsthand. As your President and Commander in Chief, I will end wasteful regime change wars that have taken far too many lives that have made our country less safe. I'll work to end this new Cold War that we're in with ever-escalating tensions between the United States and nuclear-armed countries. Work to end this nuclear arms race and take the trillions, trillions of taxpayer dollars that have been coming out of our pocket, going to pay for waging these wasteful wars. Take those trillions of dollars and invest them in serving the needs of the American people. Things like healthcare for all, education, protecting our environment, ensuring clean water for every American in this country, rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure. There are so many needs, and we've gotta get our priorities straight in this country. There's a lot of work that we need to do to honor the service of our veterans. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of hearing politicians who pay us lip service on Veterans Day who say thank you for your service, and who then turn around the very next day and advocate for or vote for sending more of our brothers and sisters to these wasteful, counterproductive wars that do not serve the interests of the American people, nor do they serve the interests of the people in the countries where we wage these wars. I'm sick and tired of hearing politicians say thank you for your service and then turn around the next day and say, well, when you come home with injuries, both seen and unseen, you're not allowed to get medicinal marijuana. The only option that you have is highly addictive opioids. Time and time again, whether we're talking about marijuana, homelessness, mental health benefits, all of the other issues that we face as veterans, it's time to get a leader in the White House who truly understands our needs and who will have your back. You know that I will do that for you. I think it's a great idea to have a Department of Peace to remind us of the kind of work that we should be doing as a leader in this world. As a leader in this world, we should not be doing what this administration is doing and pushing for regime change in Venezuela, pushing for regime change in Iraq, our military as Saudi Arabia's armed forces rather than recognizing that our service members sign up to protect and defend the United States of America and the American people. Yeah. Yeah. This requires strong leadership and the right kind of leadership and a recognition about what our mission is and the great sacrifices that our service members make. The experience that I bring to this job of President and Commander-in-Chief best equips me to fulfill that promise, to be able to execute that mission, to make sure that our troops are only sent on missions truly worthy of their sacrifice and only as a last resort. Seeing the value and the necessity of diplomacy and dialogue, understanding that unless we have the courage to meet with both adversaries and friends, the only alternative is war. Thank you all so much for having me here today.
0: Thank you. All. When you think about that, that's quite a fucking statement.
8: And is Framing resolved. is everything. And
2: a yes. good
3: politician can frame the debate to re- and structure how we talk about it. And, and the thing about Kelsey is she has that experience as a veteran where she can put it in the terms that every one of those people in the room who served, right. they got it immediately. It's about Bernie. saving veteran lives. I mean, you know, yeah. her. So, so when she talked there, she changed my mind on on two things.
0: She changed okay? your mind.
3: She changed my mind on two things. One, if she got the nomination, I would be okay with it. If she oh, got I'd the nomination baby, over yeah. Bernie, I'd look, my heart's and for Bernie, two, then be okay with Tulsa. and two, if Bernie gets a nomination, she should not be his running mate. She should be the Secretary of State. Defense. Mm. Secretary yeah. of Defense. Okay. Defense. Okay. Yes. Can Can we just before we leave the veterans' caucus? Yeah. Yeah. Can we just can we just uh, deal with the fact that I spent a full ten minutes within stapler throwing range of Amy Klobuchar? Okay, so I get hazard pay for that. You right. do. I want double my normal. To
0: pay. be fair, I wanted to hand her a comb. Oh, yes.
3: We all should have just held up combs when she uh, when she It'll showed up. will be the new lighter. Right, she, Klobuchar it was. So cool. was sure. Klobuchar was worse than terrible. She was just I the nothing. Was, I don't even so, remember, she right no, I I don't remember I have a video she said, of it that yeah. I haven't posted yet. The video it, didn't even record. It was just a blank screen. But the,
2: the, <laughs> that, that same, was she has the same problem more than with mirrors. But but I have two videos. I well I have three. But I I have Bernie with a raucous crowd. Yeah. Him leaving and then, you know, of course, gavel smashing, quiet down, quiet down. No enthusiasm. We don't want people excited about a candidate. You are out of order. Right. And then (laughs) Klobuchar coming up and my video resumes with empty seats. Right in front of her.
3: Yeah, yeah. They had, people just got up.
2: And
0: oh, yeah, people it. just. Yeah, no, they, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then after Tulsi, Tulsi and Bernie were done, the room was pretty much emptied by the time Donnelly, AK Delaney, a.k.a. Yeah. what did we do? Yeah. That guy's Yeah, room. and when Delaney and, got
3: up, the podium was pretty much empty.
0: Well, he was <laughs> arguing for the Trojan horse. Venezuela assistance, yeah. And which did not go over well with the vets in the war.
3: I'd ask you, will you tell us your
1: positions on sanctions on Venezuela and uh, the threat of escalating the war
6: in the Middle East to Iran? Well, the situation with Iran uh, in particular is concerning, obviously. I I voted for the Iran nuclear deal. I thought it was an imperfect deal, but I thought it was the best way to ensure that we did not have a conflict with Iran. And as president, I've
7: committed to get us back in the Iran nuclear deal. So I think we have to be very careful.
6: (laughs) Because right now we have an irresponsible president who is not doing the things he needs to do to try to create peace and stability in the Middle East, which is very challenging. But by pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal did not, was not a tangible step forward Creating peace in the region, as it relates to Venezuela, I think what's going on in Venezuela, as it relates to the Venezuelan people, is terrible. Right? I think we need to be prepared to provide a tremendous amount of aid to the people of Venezuela. The average Venezuelan has lost 20 pounds in the last year, to underscore the, the conditions that are going on on the ground in that country. So I think as a as a country, we need to be prepared to step in with very significant humanitarian aid uh, when what I believe the ultimate situation happens, which is there will be a change driven by the Venezuelan
0: people.
6: Driven by the Venezuelan people,
0: of course.
6: And he also just sat there and said, we should... And then he
0: didn't listen to them when they all got angry. He just kept hammering on. He just kept his
3: his script. He's so scripted. He can't... And I I don't know even why we're talking about him. He's just such a non No, he literally walked by me with
2: one person around him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Which is, considering the
2: they have their own tribes and people are flocking to their candidate and he had one person who paid to be with him with him and that's it. And then I told people well "Well, you know was that John Delaney and they're like Tom Donnelly? I don't know. I know (laughs) right? I mean (laughs) I
0: I completely gave the wrong name in that tweet and nobody corrected it for like six hours. That's how unimportant. raise (laughs) your hand if you did not know John
3: Delaney was running for president before before the convention. I did. Ah. I'll admit
2: it. Bastard.
3: (laughs) But I didn't go to the energy of actually tweeting anything about him.
0: Right, right, right. Ten Nor bucks, will I ever? Probably. Ten bucks, well, if any
3: of it, you can name what state he's a congressman from.
0: Massachusetts. Oh, goddamn it! Now I have to
3: pay ten bucks. Oh, yeah, I didn't you know You have to ten
0: bucks now. But uh, the reason I brought it up because was because of his position on Venezuela versus Tulsi's position. When you look at the stark contrast with the way both of them spoke to that question, mm-hmm. it really became right. clear how completely wrong he was. Yeah. Well, and then he went on to get booed off the stage yesterday yeah. for saying we should not have Medicare for all. That right. was just Along beautiful.
3: With Hick and Dober.
0: Yeah, Hick and Dober. Too.
3: Okay. Um, he. But the the thing that got me, and, and the thing that always gets me about Kelsey, is she either has zero bullshit. In her speeches, mm-hmm. or she is the best bullshitter ever.
5: Hmm. I think she's, she's authentic. Was, I mean, I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I I mean, don't I think that's a simplest of, explanation:
3: is she's right. just being really authentic. Uh, you know, like like Bernie. Uh, but the thing that Tulsi had over Bernie in the Veterans Caucus is, is being a combat veteran, and she could right. speak directly to the. Yeah. Experience. No.
0: It was. It was a really. She had. Really it was solid, really moving. Yeah, she had very solid answers. Yeah. Um, I want to jump over to the no middle ground speech. Right. So this was the speech that Sanders gave on Sunday to the general session in the morning. Um, unfortunately, Periscope crapped out midstream on that one. But we still have it still recorded the video. So mm-hmm. um, we will upload that later. But one of the things he talked about in, in terms of what Tulsi was talking about is our foreign policy positions. So the entire speech, which I'm I, guessing David Sirota wrote it. It was a beautiful speech. But it really spoke to this idea, no middle ground, because we are progressives and we're tired of ceding territory to the right. We've done nothing but cede territory to the right. The centrists, to the point where the neocons, the centrists, they're the exact same group as the neocons. They're arguing for the same things constantly all the time. Right. They want regime change in Venezuela. They want regime change in Iran. They want to support all these positions. They want the bloated defense budget. Uh, but one of the things he brought up was uh, ending the blow to defense budget. And honestly, it's pretty mind-numbing when you consider how much more money we spend giving to these military industrial complexes, private corporations, private intelligence firms, mm-hmm. in comparison to the money we don't fund the VA with.
2: Yeah, right.
0: It's There's something there's something deeply immoral about that, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, um, well it comes so, back
2: to how you how you're going to pay for things which is the argument against all of Bernie's platform mm-hmm. yeah. so it, Just I mean, cut
0: the fucking defense budget well and the
3: thing that not the, the story <laughs> that Tulsi told about yeah. the guy that was in mid heart attack.
0: Oh, that's right. It was really and
3: the VA would not approve the the surgery he needed, and the doctor was law, saying yeah. he would not survive an ambulance ride to the VA. And they right, they wouldn't would. approve
2: it at that hospital. I mean, so he would have he would have died in the ambulance these ride guys, to the hospital.
3: These guys should be given a VA card where they can walk into any medical establishment anywhere right. and get and not have to pay a single dime for their treatment.
0: Completely agree. Completely agree. No, and then they
3: should still have the VA as a dedicated, socialized medicine. Right. Uh, because there there are, and I know doctors who work at the VA, there are some very, very good people who have intentionally like right. put aside a very lucrative career to become doctors at the VA. Uh, and the problem with the VA, there's no problem with the VA that cannot be solved by just funding it properly.
0: I agree 100%. Right. Um, so other things that he brought up in the speech was mass shootings, NRA, so mm-hmm. no middle ground, criminal justice reform, taking on the prison yeah. Uh, industrial Yeah. the private complex. prison system. Yeah, he specifically worse. mentioned mentioned the prison industrial complex, which mm-hmm. I think is great. This is I'm guessing this is kind of being influenced by Dr. West. And it's
3: being influenced by about having Biden in the race.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's he's bringing easy, that up more and more. Well, he should. It's an easy, it's an easy yeah. punching yeah. item right. against Biden. The thing
3: I love about Bernie this time versus Bernie last time is you just he's give, punching harder. He's punching harder. You and you see that he's being smarter about picking his targets. Yeah. And I gotta say,
0: it's effective.
3: I gotta say it's effective, and I got I see the effect of people like David Sirota Yeah. And really? Brianna. Yeah.
0: Brie, I'll grow
3: Brie. Yeah, breeby Joy on Twitter, right. uh, Brianna Gray Joyce, who who is fantastic at just simply crystallizing. They both are so good yeah, at just crystallizing smart. an issue and going right at it. They were both
0: going solid right tires, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, let's bring up that. So, you know, you bring up punching up Biden. Biden didn't even bother to show up. This is... You know, California in play this year because we moved our primary up. And, and, to, and what kills me is Politico, all these other organizations are still saying that Biden's the front runner, but he couldn't even be bothered with attendance. And and with does, the most
2: valuable early state. Exactly. And who does that sound Who does that sound like? Sounds
0: like Hillary, of yeah. course.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I hadn't seen him, He probably
0: thinks he only has something to lose by, by speaking or well, addressing or getting hounded by, you know. The thing is, that's right, exactly.
2: accurate. Yeah, He he will go down in the polls the more he speaks. He will go down in the It'll polls the more, more. It's a, contrast is made with the other candidates. It's Hillary.
5: It's Hillary.
3: It's Hillary. If we didn't have pictures of Biden awkwardly sniffing her hair, I think this was Hillary 9000's new skin suit. Well, Greg, right. I mean, I just want to point out,
2: and I've said this before, but Biden's own campaign released a two-minute video on abortion, you know, anti-abortion uh, that obviously
0: he's had so many bad positions but
2: the the point i'm going to make is it's a two-minute campaign produced video where joe biden slurs his words three times you're kidding no you need oh, to I watch it that. he uses the wrong words and slurs his words and the campaign released it it wasn't like a spur of the moment which thing. means it's a produced video this was the best take they have.
0: that's kind of scary actually so
2: i mean i don't want to start conspiracies about his health but one way or another mm. it's a bad look and bad look. you're if you're the most electable,
3: why can't you be out speaking with people
2: more right. often? Maybe he was <laughs> drunk. I mean, the worst
3: thing you can do is go on video while drinking, right? Uh,
0: <laughs> the boys are drinking over there. Uh, it's been a long weekend. I, it's been a long weekend. No, this is just water. This okay, is water. so the progress <laughs> not just water, the progressive caucus, uh, I was really moved by Jane Kim's speech. I think that hands down was one of the best speeches of the weekend. She started off the speech uh, by talking about. We should about, say who Jane Kim is. So for okay, people, so Jane Kim is. Um, she's. I guess she's heading up Bernie's campaign here in California. I'm well, not sure at least she's, the, a, she's co-chair, a co-chair. I think she's a high okay. position.
2: Rokana. Ro yeah. Okay, I'm not um, sure
0: exactly what, but I know there was some connection there. But she used to be. Uh, Wasn't she on the Board of Supervisors? Yes.
10: Um, I just thought I would talk a little bit about why 2020 is going to be so important, not just for Democrats, but for progressive Democrats. When I was in college as a student activist, I often went to the Native American theme house where we held our meetings, and in the living room, when you walk in, there is a poster of the American flag. And I remember being really shocked the first time I see it. How could this symbol, that represented and that was used to annihilate and decimate indigenous people, be front and center above the fireplace um, at this house. But when you look below the flag, it had a statement and it said, make something of it, make something of it. And I realized in that moment that as activists, including myself, we often view ourselves as being against something. Fighting against the system, fighting against this hateful policy, fighting against misguided and inequitable processes. But in reality, we're actually the ones that are fighting for something. We're the ones that love this nation so much that we're not willing to give up on it. And we're the ones that want to do the most patriotic thing, which is to make this a nation for all of us. Yes. So it's me a few weeks ago that I'm actually almost as fearful of Trump losing as I am of Trump having another four years in the White House. And let me explain why. Trump has lit a fire and has illuminated the immense inequities and the painful ways that we have here in this country to a broader audience and in many ways united us. None of the issues that are facing our country today are new. Homelessness, was an issue, was a crisis on our streets long before Trump walked into the Oval Office.
4: Mass addictions,
10: dispor- disproportionately targeting our most vulnerable communities, seniors, African Americans, immigrants, women, has long been an issue before Trump walked into the Oval Office. And our immigration system was already in shambles long before Trump walked into the office. These policies that were literally beating and assaulting women, LGBTQ, people of color, poor people, were already happening. And even here in California, over the last 40 years, we built 23 state prisons, and only one UC and three CSUs. Determining the future of where we expected young Californians to end up in. So this condescending post-election analysis that poor Americans, ignited by fear, irrationally voted against their economic interests, I think is incredibly flawed. Over the last four years, 50% of Americans, 50% of Americans, most of us in this room, did not see our wages grow at all over the last four years. Meanwhile, the top 1% tripled. The top 0.1% went up sevenfold. In the meantime, the cost of everything has gone up food, health care, housing, transportation. I'm not saying that the voters who voted for Trump were right or wrong, good or bad, but I don't think they were irrational. They just didn't believe the status quo was gonna improve their lives economically. And in fact, government has proven to be an ally and partner of the elite and the wealthy instead of being the counterweight that we should be. So I believe that a lot of voters out in this country, whether they didn't vote for Trump or did, want the same thing, which is fundamental change. So 2020 can't just be about being Trump, it has to be about winning back the White House for our country. And we have to do that by putting forward a true agenda for the American people, by the American people. So, um, I will be working on a presidential campaign um, this upcoming March, but I don't know if I can talk about that here in the Progressive Caucus, but oh. many others are holding signs and waving. This is one of the candidates that I've heard very
5: famous.
10: we are not just about being the Trump of making sure we are changing the status quo for Americans across this country. And I will, I will, and, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. I, I, but I'm gonna end it to this. As a, as a former community organizer, before I entered into the world of electoral politics, I always worried that being an elected official would somehow moderate me or make me more cynical. But I have to say um, that it's only made me see more clearly how systems hold back communities and push down the most vulnerable. And during this time, I have only come to believe more strongly in the potential and power of people-driven democratic institutions. In fact, this is not a choice for most Americans. This is something that absolutely must happen. Now, some of the wealthiest in our country have been waging a war against us for decades. They spent billions of dollars discrediting governments and vilifying government. And I think we need to ask ourselves a question. Are the billionaires doing this for the good of the country? Yep. Or are the billionaires doing this to protect their profits? by depressing and suppressing the vote. And then, after they do that, attacking labor unions who fight for um, the rightful pay of our workers, bottlenecking regulation which protect consumers our water, our air, and then lowering their taxes, thereby investing less in our country. By the way, paying our taxes is one of our patriotic duties in this country. And so I'll say this, government is dysfunctional, but it should not be discarded or or disregarded, we have to absolutely repair this important democratic institution. So we talk a lot about resistance, but I believe that it is persistence that is going—the refusal to stop believing—which grows, which is going to grow our faith and hope, and ensure that in 2020 we win back this country. Thank you very much. Thank you. Much.
0: In this environment, she went on to say that she's equally fearful, fearful, worried that Trump might lose as she has a Trump winning. Yeah.
3: So, Which is how we were in 2016 too.
0: Right. And then she went on to say, let me explain my position. But I thought that was kind of a bold move for her to say that, yeah. you know? I mean, because the, obviously everybody's like, their main goal is to defeat Trump and mm-hmm. not policy. And her point was like, no, our main goal shouldn't be to defeat Trump. It should be to replace really bad policy, with good policy, because that's how we defeat Trump. Yes. And she also went on to say that One of the uh, unintentional consequences of having Trump in office has been this idea that activists are more engaged. People in general are more aware of the issues. All of these issues, the racism, uh, the immigration problems, like you can go down the list, the the privatizations, uh, income inequality, all of these issues were around. Before Trump, but a lot of these folks keep yammering on like Trump started it. Like this started in 2016, but it didn't. So well, in many ways,
2: that. a lot of this was started by Democrats.
0: So, so right. So right. you know, and then Jane Kim went on to to basically say that Trump voters also want fundamental change in the country.
2: Right, and that works perfectly with you the know. no middle ground message. Because I agree. In, the no middle ground takes away. I mean, the middle ground is centrism, and it's when you when your centrists are on the right and the Republicans are on the right, your compromises. 10 times more right than if you had a Democrat, starting from the far left. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So um, I thought that was a really bold speech. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the next thing that happened in the Progressive Caucus that I thought was important is they had all of the contenders for the CDP chair position come in. Oh, yeah. And this was was wild to witness, Mm -hmm. because they had a paddle for a yes and a no. And they were just being shot out positions. And I cannot tell you how many times Rusty Hicks was the only person on that stage to hold up a no paddle. Mm-hmm. And it was for shit that we want. Like
3: Medicare for All. Yeah. And I, the thing is. The, auto.
0: I think yeah. this was really important. Auto endorsement of city candidates. Of, of incumbents. Yeah. He was like, no, we shouldn't get rid of that. And he was the only. And this is important yeah. because this is the guy that went on to win the chair position the following day. You know, I
2: Win. When, to I replace mean, Eric Bauman, who, lobb- who
3: lobbied against lowering drug
2: prices yeah. sure. and then
3: resigned in scandal. Yeah. Re- replace Eric Bauman, whose sexual harassment Rusty was part of the enabling team on. Yeah.
0: S- that is also an important point to bring up. You're correct. And so- the thing
3: that got me more than his no votes were the ones where he held the paddle up and he was, he was, yes, was no, yeah, yes, no, like, yes, no, a, yes, no, oh, yes, he no. he could have done that the whole time. Which is like, I'm not going to commit. I'm not going to commit. He should have just right sent a surrogate up there. Up there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah
3: somebody just to wave the paddle, yeah, because yes, no, that's, all, yes, that's no. all he does.
0: I want to talk about the credentials committee, because this is actually funny. I didn't realize until yesterday that we were in the credentials committee. We had been walking down the hall, and I had glanced over into this room, and I saw Dr. Ron Birnbaum... And Janine Roan in there. And my mm-hmm. initial brain went, oh, got to get in there. Holy shit, this AD51 thing is still going on.
5: It is. Damn
0: it. I can't believe that they've they, the CRC is now here. They've set up shop at the damn convention because it's still going on. Like I literally thought it was the CRC still. I didn't mm-hmm, realize right. that this was a whole new. Anyway, but that was where my brain went. So I spent the entire afternoon in there. It wasn't until yesterday I was talking to Lauren Steiner. She's like, no, that was the credit. I was like, oh, shit, duh. Because I was wondering. And I turned to John. I said, why wasn't this on the schedule? <laughs>
3: And then we found out why it wasn't on the schedule.
0: Anyway, let's talk about this because this is why democracy dies in the dark. We were literally the only press people in that room the entire day. And these were really important meetings that were dealing with corruption, what the Cal Dem party is going to do about fixing the corruption and... Pretty much, the only guy that made any sense to me mm-hmm. was Jim. The guy sitting on the end. He was the only one saying, "No, we shouldn't tolerate any corruption at all." We and should- it, yeah, what
3: percentage and, and of that corruption is? Okay? Let's be specific yeah. about what the corruption was. Yeah. The people who follow the 2016 primary are not going to be surprised right. that the corruption was election fraud.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, so now. Well, Let me let me I'm going to break some some of this down for the audience so they can get really clear on this discussion. So Mm -hmm. 8051. So these are the the ADEM elections. These are the assembly district delegate election meetings. Right. So 8051 is the one that most of you know, I got hit at.
3: (laughs) I still think you got to change your Twitter Twitter handle to chick who got got punched. punched, Right. Okay.
0: Uh, (laughs) True story. So uh, they had to acquiesce in this particular one that there was fraud and they vacated all of the spots except for the top four, and they use some crazy mathematical formula here.: A
11: ballistic view of what the voters may have done, I think that the committee has to find that all of these
12: um, that, that none of these people were clearly victors in this election. To clarify the scenario describing that last column, were there 97 ballots that you found when you reviewed that were cast in that particular way? That's so a yes or no question. So thank you, no, thank you um, and then again, under the scenario you've described here, I see several other people who are amongst the highlighted, which I assume are the top seven, are alano Berlin, Smith, Gary. I believe those are the candidates who all had their election overturned by the CRC previously and under this scenario would not have been, above, would have been above one.
11: No, this, in this scenario, those would be the seven winners. The point, Correct. Is, the point is that there, is, there exists scenarios in which the people whose victories were sustained might not
12: have won. Okay. That, that's my question. And the last part I had as a question is that the CRC's current standard Assumes, in essence, all of the votes being cast for the winners, for those seven. In essence, it assumes that all the people who were under the line didn't get any bad of these bad votes. Not speaking of what's theoretically possible, as somebody who was present, do you believe that assumption is factually accurate? I don't understand the question, if you wouldn't mind. In essence, the CRC is deducting votes from all of the winners. So we're saying every bad vote we're assuming is against the was for the winners. We've had another challenge where, in essence, the challenger said, yes, I believe factually all of the bad votes were for the winners. I'm asking, in this case, do you believe factually all of the bad votes were for the winners? Just based on your experience on the ground.
11: Absolutely not. In other words, I can't, I can't imagine. In fact, it would require a crazy conspiracy for the numbers to come out the way the CRC did their, their calculation. The conspiracy would require all of the illegal voters to come and have voted for the top seven vote getters who were on, as it turns out, for example, different slates. It's actually quite clear that that's impossible, that the model used by the CRC is impossible. That's why I, I question that model. Those so
13: are my top. questions, thank you. <laughs> Any wow. additional questions?
14: a know.
6: Okay, I'll,
12: I'll just focus. So uh, I appreciate the, the amount of work that went into this, but I am oh still not sure why uh, why your model of removing all
3: uh, I, I'm not sure why your model of removing all the votes from individuals as opposed to all the winners uh, is is any more reflective of a
12: potential reality than what the CRC did. I mean I understand this is a messy, terrible situation all the way around, but why would your model be more this reasonable. It's
5: more reasonable
12: because you don't know
11: where to well, I, I don't think the burden is. The point is, who knows who won? Exactly. Because 97. Exactly. In other words, if there was only one <laughs> ineligible voter, I think we could agree that somebody who won by 100 votes still would have won. But there were 97 ineligible voters, and the, and the race was all between 200 and 300. The, the, you know, in the 200s and 300s. There's any number of possible scenarios. So, I think it's clear that it's it's clear that it's unclear who won this election, and therefore there's a, a problem with the model which the CRC is applying to evaluate these. I think that's going to be relevant in AD 63's appeal mm-hmm. or uh, uh, of their challenge of their challenge as well.
12: All right. So the other question that I have is if if your appeal were sustained, and I, I'm not sure I fully understand the recourse because the, a new election was held for. The other folks who are not the the four folks that the CDP
2: said you know sustain their sustain their victories. So would you be looking to simply remove them or to hold another election for those individuals?
11: Right. Now, first, all, I'll advise that I did I did count, like make a recommendation to the CRC to amend this to not create the possible scenario you're bringing before me. I just don't. However, remember, I've had a the, lot of the answer today. to your question <laughs> is I would like to see. Mr. Fong, Mr. Cruz, Mr. Gonzalez Reyes, and Ms. Tiarina's seating vacated, and a new election for those four. Denied
13: a vote. That's deny all my questions. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No more questions? Okay, now we bring
12: the other side. No, I have an appeal. a separate. So you're on the appeal of the second election. I'm no, got, I appealed the first one. I, I appealed the decision so, in the first one. Those were consolidated election. together. Those okay, okay. okay. I made an argument on a different
11: ground, but that's all. Sorry.
12: Okay.
11: okay. I'm sorry.
6: Okay, so no more questions?
12: I... No, we got to take presentation from no, the, presentation or... the other side. And again, to clarify oh, for yeah, folks yeah. going forward, you need to work out your times together and how you're going to divide them up if there are multiple challengers on an item? If I
9: made? So my position um, is this, and maybe this was done or not, but it was not clear from the presentation. The ruling um, by this committee um, was that an appeal this order of any must be filed with the CDP secretary um, by April 8th, um, I'm sorry wrong statement um, it was supposed to have been within 12 days of the date of your decision so my first question is did the proponents of this challenge file an appeal within 12 days of your previous decision on the January election if they did not their challenge today is untimely we have rules and that's that they had enough time within 12 days of your previous decision to go to Sacramento get all the information they have presented today, and present that. So uh, my position is, at this point, unless they file an appeal within 12 days of your decision, this is untimely.
12: We did. OK.
0: So uh, basically, they took, so they, there were ballots that had unused votes on them, right? So where people only voted for five candidates instead of all possible candidates that they could. So they added all those up and they fundamentally spread did spread it out across all the voters and removed that portion equally before removing the 97 votes from the... Like, it was mm-hmm. kind of, They should have vacated the entire Yes, station. and that's right. a topic
3: we have to talk about because they right. apply this math to see if did it affect the outcome of the election or right. didn't... It's like you had a corrupt election.
0: It doesn't fucking matter. It's like, so at, later on in the evening, in fact, when they were d- pretty much doing the same song and dance with Maria Estrada are her election, I finally got to the point of listening for hours of this. I finally raised my hand as a press question. It sounds to me like... You guys are basically saying that you're okay with a little bit of corruption, but a lot of corruption, well, that's a bad thing. And I need to understand how how the party can take that position.
3: Well, a lot of corruption is a bad look. Out of order. Yeah, and then then, uh, Laura Laura (laughs) Laramendi, one of the high mucky mucks uh, in the California Democratic Party. I don't know what position she holds, but she holds a lot of them. She just points at Tina and goes, you, you are, are out of order. order. Yeah.
2: Right. And I wasn't at this event, but I happened to tune into your live stream right when you were called out yeah. of order. So Pat's so like, was oh perfect.
0: shit, what'd Tina do now? <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: yeah. And, and it's, it's amazing because the out of order is that they follow Robert's Rules of right.
0: Order. Right. No, I, I which, know. And I was out of order, but I, I think I was polite enough and the question is actually pretty safe. But the
3: point is the choice to follow Robert's Rules of Order is strategic. Oh, it is. Because so then they can, then they can use for, the magic yeah. words, you're out of order. And for
0: anything they don't want to. Uh,
3: for stuff that they don't don't want to hear. Right. They, and I would say they spent a third of the time, maybe half the time, just talking about uh, rules of order <laughs> rather than ad- addressing Well, and assaults. obviously they selectively violate all those rules. Of oh, course. Absolutely. When it's someone they agree with they can selectively right. but violate But I, I, I want
0: to bring up Jim on the end there because he time and time again was the sole voice of reason on mm-hmm. that panel saying, I'm going no. He said, "I time and time again he said no. These elections should be vacated 100% and these delegates shouldn't be allowed to stand. Yeah. Right.
4: I have a comment. Um, so to me, this is somewhat similar to what we heard earlier today in 1851. Multiple errors were made, uh, corrections weren't made at the time, assumptions are being made, mathematical assumptions are being made on, on all sides that can't be verified. But the more troubling thing to me is why this is here, that the CRC should have dealt with it. because. To me, the message it sends is that the party yeah. condones non-Democrats participating in our yeah. election, whether it was 10 votes or 110 or 210 votes. You know, to me, it shouldn't happen, and that's a corrupt election. Bingo. I'm not saying any either side is corrupt. I'm just saying that right. something went, wrong, went horribly wrong, and it should have been dealt with long before today.
3: And then who was the who was the guy who was angry? Who was so okay, angry? Okay, so David.
0: In the okay, so that's an interesting David Atkins. He is a regional director for Area Ten in the California Democratic Party. I had gotten in a couple of really marginally um, not nice beefs with him on Twitter over in, this. In stuff. other
3: words, very Tina-like conversations. <laughs> very lefty, <laughs> but not out of order on Twitter at least.
2: No, yeah. um, no but I,
0: I will have to give him props for this. He because this takes you got to give props or props to he actually sent me. Couple days later, hey, I just wanted you to know I've decided that you're 100% correct and we need to fix this. Mm-hmm. And I just thought you should know that you've convinced me, along with some other people, that this is something we should have done a long time ago. That was before the meeting we saw? Yeah, yeah. And during the meeting, he did come up and introduce himself and was like, he goes, look, I'm serious about this. I think you're right. We should be using PDI. So PDI is a software where, Mm -hmm. uh, and they used it at the second election in 51. So you basically can log in. You can verify that the person's a member of the Democratic Party, and you can verify that they live in the district. Right. And it's really not that big of a deal for them to do this.
3: They make it a big deal because they don't want They're to saying, Yeah, it they don't I want make. to because
0: the elected officials have been have been monkeying around with the ship for a long time, right?
3: And I don't know if we said what they were actually doing, which was in Anthony Rendon district, uh, eighty sixty three. Yeah. First off, they left the progressive candidate's name. Off the ballot. they left Strada. Strada. The ballot. Yeah. Uh, off of the e-board ballot. So you,
0: hang on a second. Do we need to, exp- I think we need to break that down. Some people might not understand. So, a little- but let's just finish the top okay. level
3: thing because most people don't care about the democratic designations, but what they did was they bust in people from outside the district. Right. And these people were not only didn't live in the districts so as they were ineligible, they weren't Democrats. They were Some busing were, in yeah, Republicans. Republicans or
0: they were NPP.
3: Yeah. And to vote against the Democratic candidates right. so that Rendon could get his slate approved. Because apparently right. he doesn't have enough power in, right. in the legislature.
0: Now, yeah, it's bad news. But I think also the positive side, and, and I, I think it's important to also point out the positive side, the positive side of using PDI is you catch these folks and the Democratic Party then gets to register them. So they get to, as an added benefit, actually increase their registration in the state. How is this not a win-win?
3: Because they'd rather have well, they the corporatist officials. in charge. Yeah,
0: because these, well, because so so I, these guys so I, are trying to maintain more power. This I think they power. used
3: PDI in the Sacramento.
2: They, they did. They did. Right? Yeah, so Karen Bernal. Okay, so for example, my party affiliation was changed. I did not change it. But I I realized because of PDI, mm-hmm. I needed to change my registration you back to MP? Democrat. Yeah, okay. Yep. I had been changed without my knowing, but that's a whole nother show. Um, so I was able to re- re-register on the spot to vote that right, day. right, mm-hmm. right.
0: It's a good thing. Right. So there's 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 no way that this is a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. But again, this is elected officials are already controlling in, in various ways. Two thirds of the other delegates. They need to leave their goddamn hands off this last third. This last third is really is supposed to be grassroots grassroots representation from the mm-hmm. district. And when they stack a slate and then go and they promote the slate and I wait, I do want to mention this, too, because this I found was really offensive, actually, in the AD fifty one portion of this day. The other slate couldn't even bother to fucking show up to defend their position. They had an attorney there.
9: Thank you, committee. Um, As you will see, the um, chart that we're holding up is because the standard is difference in the outcome that would not have been present absent that conduct and or action. So it is our position that the totalitarian of the circumstances in the um, election that we are challenging um, disenfranchised a significant number of voters under three situations and would have made a significant difference in the election if the disenfranchised voters had the opportunity to vote first of all this election was held on a Jewish holiday one of the most sacred days of Passover on a Saturday on a Saturday pa- oh, sorry. on a Saturday Passover occurs from Friday night to Saturday night during the time I'm sorry Sabbath occurs from Friday night to Saturday night during the time of the Sabbath this election was held that's one of the problems that's a, a clear violation of the rules um, article 12 section 2 as well as the rules for the 2009 ADEM election that specifically stated avoid conflicts with weekly observances including Jewish Sabbath Why this date was picked, I do not know. Worse than that, this was on Passover, the last day that even makes that particular Sabbath even holier that individuals have to go to or observe and be in temple. Secondly, this was a Saturday Easter for the Greek Orthodox voters in the um, district as well as the Palestinian Christians. So you had three religious Um, individuals, groups that were disenfranchised secondly we have a number of individuals who gave statements, who voted in the January election, who did not get notice of the April election and they were participants in the January election, so individuals like Mario Salazar he was disenfranchised individuals like Sandra Veramontes was disenfranchised. Individuals who voted in January who did not get notice and were not able to vote because of it. Third part, the parking was abysmal. You had parking in a school parking lot and the January election. That parking lot was not available. Nothing was done to take care of that. So what you had by the statements that have been submitted, individuals were looking for parking, traveling around. They finally find parking, they go in to vote, too late, disenfranchised. Um, and again, you have the statements from, the support, uh, from Teresa Montono. One minute left. Okay, who, um, everything. So, bottom, and, and finally, you have Field of Burn, who um, improperly contacted voters, used PDI information they weren't supposed to, we don't know how that
12: affects. Bottom line is, this is, Silence. If you are not presenting and you are not a member of this committee, you are not allowed to speak. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, I like 20 seconds back. I got you. I stopped it. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. This is the wrong message at the
9: wrong time for the wrong reasons. This party does not want to state that it upholds disenfranchising Jewish voters, <laughs> Greek Orthodox voters, or Palestinian Christian voters. This we are a party of inclusion, not exclusion. This was just <laughs> At an election if this was not an election i don't know what it was
6: questions from the committee members to the presenters
12: i have a question was the was the issue with the date of the election falling on passover was that that just was not stopped ahead of time or how did <laughs> Yeah, like when that was communicated as the date, was there any challenge to that or was there That's any opposition to that date or it just happened and that was.
9: Not to our knowledge. Now, the statement of Mr. Ramos basically states that he was not aware that it was Passover. Um, so the bottom line is regardless, you're asking for individuals who are voters in the district who are Jewish, who don't know the procedure, oh, because you didn't complain, because you didn't do something, will allow you to be disenfranchised. We're not talking about delegates. We're not talking about candidates. We're talking about the average voter. And the most critical aspect of it is, look at the number of votes you had in January, and look how many you had in April. Significant. We do not disenfranchised individuals because of not knowing the procedure. We want the average voter. We want the individual who's not participating every day in the Democratic Party to come. Those individuals were disenfranchised.
5: Yeah, and So right. you
0: cannot fucking tell me that that group of elected officials that had run that slate didn't put their hand in that. Yeah. And one of the things that they were bringing up was that it was the last day of Passover. And that so that disenfranchised... Jewish voters and I felt like I wanted to say this but I would have been yelled out of order one of the one of the delegates on the opposite side that spent the entire day there with us was a rabbi
3: yeah yeah I mean and and when they said Dr. The,
0: Ron Birnbaum's Jewish I mean yeah, so it, they was, had
3: they had a lot of a, a lot of uh Jewish people on um, at at the election did, yeah. and the other thing they had Jewish people on the committee that decided when to set the date
0: they did, yeah. So this was sort and, of a and disingenuous. And nobody objected. The nobody whole objected thing the was disingenuous.
3: Yeah, really the was. other thing was that there was no parking. Was there no parking? There was parking?
0: tons of parking. Yeah, yeah. there was tons of parking. Know. They're
3: like, people had to drive around the block. But they're using that to excuse. But they wanted to set right. aside the election so, based on parking and passing. Right.
0: So, but, and can we sort of appreciate the irony of this? Originally, the other mm-hmm. two slates didn't want to have the election in this particular venue because it's way on the outside of the district on uh, the very yeah. far east part of LA, it's not central in the district. They wanted right. a more central position where people could come from all areas, but they refused to. But let's
3: let's right. uh, let's address directly. And now they're
0: complaining about it.
3: Let's address directly what that attorney was pushing for, right? Yeah. We can't have it on Saturday because of the Sabbath and because Palestinian Christians and because of all, yeah, of, he all of this up. stuff. Then we can't and have then, it on Sunday. And then we can't have it on Sunday because it's a Hispanic district with a lot of a lot of Catholics in it. What he wanted to do was have it during the week when the workers can't show up. Yeah, right. That's what he was pushing for.
0: He was pushing for it. Yeah, it was. It was very odd. But I also thought I just thought it was really offensive. This is supposed to be about the grassroots, and mm-hmm. you guys send in an attorney to argue your your case. Well, luckily for us, they didn't. They stuck with the original CRC uh, position. So in the end, there were two other slates running against the, the elected official slate. Mm-hmm. In the end, these other two slates had the ma- majority of delegates placed from the second election, so which is why they were beefing, right?
5: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm like, you know, and then they were complaining that a lot of people didn't show up. I'm like, well, you go around hitting people at the damn caucus. What the hell do you expect? You think people want to show up again?
3: And it was just—it was a redo, so you're going to get a lower.
0: You're going to get drop-offs.
2: Yeah. But so in their defense, term. you were filming them. Yeah. <laughs> you are a, a journalist on site, which is a hittable offense. to Look, the and I Party. honestly
0: think, and on a certain level, um, you know, Janine Roan was really for, was really uh, did a lot of groundwork in, uh, on this because mm-hmm. she actually went up to Sacramento and looked. You know, she couldn't take copies of the sign-in sheets with her; they wouldn't allow that. But she went up to Caldem mm-hmm. in Sacramento and went through the sheets and made notes. Yeah. So one of the so, things that
3: they read, I don't know if we're done with sixty-three, but there's a no. couple other things to add. One of them was. Literally, if you're in an LA district and you want to contest the race, you have to buy a plane ticket to go to a, yeah, or take know, off work to drive that's up right. to Sacramento. Maria
0: made a point of this, and she yeah. and she's right. She said you you're hamstringing poor people like myself that so can't afford to fly back up, it's, you know, because Janine had that time and, and off and she could.
3: And she so right. got the well, don't be poor. Look from everyone yeah, on the committee
0: that you are out of order. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. it, it was really remarkable. But I think what's really important about this is nobody else was. Even bothering to look in this room to see what was going on. They didn't deem it important when I think it's one of the most important things that's happening. Yes. Which is unfortunate. And um,
3: But the other thing was they had people on there like David Atkins, who, when he spoke right before the vote, he basically professed to being shocked, shocked that there was cheating going on in Anthony Rendon's district. Then...
0: I think he He was, I think he genuinely was shocked because when we, him and I first started arguing on Twitter, like he wasn't hearing what I was saying entirely. He knew some, some stuff had gone down, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't really getting it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he saw the video that I had mm -hmm. taken. I think it's, it's after he really was presented with more of the factual evidence and he was like, I'm stunned that this is, I'm like, what do you think Democrats are all playing above board? But but let's
3: get down to what he, what he did. He professed to being stunned. He professed to being appalled. He professed to being angry at how this was and carried out. Response, and then he voted to uphold the election.
0: That's true. Um, and so I think at that point, what was happening was there, there was the the case was being made by David and these other folks that the delegates are already up here. They paid money to get here. They paid money for hotel rooms, and we can't defrock them now because that would be really fucked up. Well, that do.
3: was the argument. That was the argument for eighty fifty one. No, for both. The, but hang on—the argument they made at AD fifty one applies because the people who were not cheating won. Yeah,
5: I,
0: agree. I mean they weren't no, the most
3: progressive, yes. but they were not cheating. They
0: were not cheating. They just yeah. I, in eighty sixty
3: three, these people actively participated oh, yeah. in election fraud.
0: Oh, I'm not saying I agree with the so decision. So screw I'm just their what, hotel. I understand. Let them rot, let let them
3: rot. Them. because they were all criminal participants in election fraud. Uh, and they should have another room in, <laughs> that's With a paid for by a the guillotine? state and a couple bars in front of it. I'm
0: gonna, we're going to have to cut you two off. No guillotine. A oh, wait, that's
3: the wrong <laughs> no guillotine gesture. No, no guillotine? No guillotines. I thought it was like. Okay. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Right. So so let's move on. Anyway, um, I think this was an, an important thing that happened. I, I do think that they're going, we've now forced their hand. They're going to have to institute PDI across the state. I think the the time of. Of elected officials stacking the deck mm-hmm. with with their aides or their friends or whoever else, I think those I don't know. Are I don't over. know
2: if, if this is enough yet to do it. I'm like right. based on your your. Look,
0: they never vacate elections. The fact that they even partially vacated eighty fifty one is a really huge win. I don't think people really get how huge of a win that
3: is. Well, some crazy chick got punched? What are they going to do? <laughs> the The thing is, when they implement PDI, then it's going to come down to who's sitting behind those laptops when they're doing people. You know,
0: I I trust I tr- I'm not I'm not as jaded as you are. I think look I think that the work that Karen Bernal and her team have done in Sacramento in this area is really stellar and it, they've yeah, they awesome. She's awesome. They've proven that that it's effective it works and it can be trusted. And mm-hmm. you know, here's the other side of the the discussion is that we're, we've now entered an area where voters really don't trust the party anymore and they should be going out of their way to earn trust back. 2016 was mm-hmm. a very eye-opening and and also earth-shattering moment for a lot of voters. It's when they really sort of realize that the party that they thought they could trust Mm -hmm. to the end of the earth is not not playing. But
2: I'm not convinced the party cares yet. I'm convinced
3: the party doesn't care. Right. But also, all of this squabbling about individual fraudulent elections, which there were a number of them. No, I'm up, sure it
0: wasn't the only two. covers exactly. up
3: the overriding injustice in the entire setup, which is the people only get one-third of the delegates. Right. The rest are all appointed by the assembly or the central committee. Right. And I know, especially from some central committee appointees, that there are some good people, so they're not all jerks and they no, do they're get not all right. Well, it's Right, and it's also a mix of people that incumbents and people This positions. is how the corporatists maintain their control. Yeah. There should be, at minimum, 50%, and I would say 100% of the delegates mm-hmm. selected by the people. You're already an assembly member. You're effectively a super delegate in these elections. Why do you need two-thirds and then to cheat on the other paltry third that doesn't even get any power because you're going to get out voting? Right,
2: and you're dealing with an issue that only the most informed voters are participating in this. Yes. So we're talking about people that care about leadership within the Democratic Party come to vote at this thing. It's yes. not advertised. Nobody right. knows to come to this thing. The Democratic Party doesn't go on TV and say, show up in your district right. tomorrow to mm-hmm. vote on this. It's hidden. It's consciously hidden on purpose.
3: So, but we should call out... Um, a couple you know there was a lot of podcasters from and a lot of youtubers from california who were promoting this and and the, the biggest one of course was jimmy door who was all over city. Right. he was pushing right. this okay. and i knew when i was in sacramento i think it was 88 um when i saw people showing up with jimmy door t-shirts on uh and he had i, I i've talked to at least a dozen people who were sent from his show. So I knew we were going to win that slate. And Which makes had, a big big difference because
2: not that many people vote in these things. That's yeah. why Rendon is able to bring a busload of people in and change the an election. Just one busload.
3: <laughs> and, and, and literally, if we had 20 more people, 30 more people, uh, it's, a, it's an area where Californians can make a difference. And we should not only be pushing for getting more Californians, like getting... Getting mailers to go out mm-hmm. to tell people to show up, but also getting more grassroots delegates in the voting process, uh, yeah. because otherwise we will always have a corporatist running the California Democratic Party forever. Well,
0: let's talk about that. Rusty Hicks, who is the new uh, chair,
5: mm-hmm.
0: he is—he's—you he's, know—he's being pushed as the labor guy, and he is a labor guy. But my thing is, is I'm a—you know—a lifetime union member right here. Just because you're in union leadership doesn't mean you're a good person. Mm-hmm. There are, there's a lot of bad union leadership out there, and that's within every union. And it's important that the union members vote out the bad guys when, mm-hmm. when, and when and where they can. And let's be
3: clear the um, the rank and file union members yeah. were for Kimberly Ellis, who was the more yeah, progressive, I that. the more progressive, more Canada democratic. There. Or get, the other.
14: Well, yeah, it's all
5: about electing
2: a female this cycle, a person of color. Well, except for not, not for the DNC chair. Whites of color. You know, that's where they threw it out. They threw out. <laughs> I mean, everything they've. All these narratives they've pushed for the last two years don't apply to the leader of the Democratic Party in California.
0: No, yeah. because it's, you know. It's only—it's a convenient argument only when it's convenient to use. Like they throw it out the window all the time. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it's the same ageist arguments against Bernie Sanders. The same people that say Bernie Sanders too too old to run for office have no problems uh, supporting Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein or Joe well, Biden. Yeah. yeah. So Who's... I mean, all of a sudden, yeah. it's you know. I'm, I want to talk a little bit about Rokana because he oh, literally one, one was th- everywhere one, this weekend. One
3: more thing before we do Rokana about the union. Are you
0: going to tell me I'm out of order? You're out of
3: you order. Are, I'm actually out of actually order. order. <laughs> but but the thing that we need to talk about, and at least mention because I've gotten this from Maria Strada, and I've gotten this first person from people who are in SEIU, mm-hmm. including one woman who was up for, for a union steward. And when they found out when the leadership found out she was supporting Kimberly Ellis, they said you cannot be a union steward unless you get with the program I'm and support surprised. Rusty Hicks.
2: I'm not surprised. So, so I the, so I actually The leadership that,
3: was bullying these people yeah. left and right.
2: I heard that a hundred or so people were told that. That, yeah. that your your position's in jeopardy if you don't support Kimberly Ellis.
0: I had a couple of SE. But I not enough to that
2: probably would have changed the election. But no,
0: but SEIU should not be doing that to begin with. Why is that, that's, right. some, that's some bullshit right there. I agree. Like, as a union member, if my union leadership told me who I had to support, I'd be like.
2: I mean, you're a union. Yeah. That's like, it's, just, it's so obvious.
0: Canada, the most progressive candidate. They did the same thing in the Clinton-Sanders uh, primary in 2016. Mm-hmm. Why would you endorse the candidate that's saying 13 is enough instead of the guy that's saying 15, fight for 15 or 15 mm-hmm. more? Right. It just doesn't make any sense. Which which of these two positions is, is in the best interest of your membership? Well,
3: and the thing you is, when the, union, mean, when the union leadership starts making autocratic decisions instead of listening to the members, it undercuts the entire reason for the union being there. Right. Right. The union is not there to control the workers. The union is there to give the workers power. Mm-hmm. And what happens is people like Rusty Hicks can buy off the leaders right. and get them to drop the hammer on the rank and file members. Right. And that just shouldn't be that just shouldn't be possible in something that's supposed to be democratic and worker controlled.
0: So well let's before we move on to Roe, let's let's mention your side eye you got from Rusty in oh, the yeah. press pit.
5: Okay.
3: So John elections independent press what are you planning on the elections that put you in office? I'm sorry? Eighty-sixty-three. I'm with an. I'm an independent journalist. I'm with. Uh, I'm. I was at the eighty-sixty-three credentialing committee where they allowed hundreds of corrupted votes, including votes from Republicans and outside the district, uh, to go to delegates that were supporting you. What do you? Uh, have, what are your plans to do about that for the next elections?
6: Well, i have committed to forming a task force within the first hundred days. What do you want that task force to do?
3: What okay. are your ideas?
6: Let me respond. Go ahead. To reform the ADIMS process uh-huh. to ensure that it engages as many Democrats in our state as we possibly can.
3: Okay, so what actually concretely does that mean? What do you want them to do?
6: Well, I think it's to address issues uh, connected to locations, uh-huh. the ways in which we vote, what campaigning looks like,
5: uh-huh.
6: uh, to ensure that we have a, a selective ADEMS uh delegates Uh that are reflective of our state
3: but in terms of concrete things do you have any do you have any plans do you plan on uh, implementing your uh, pdi do you think the pdi should be used in everything so sorry
12: here's our plan for the first hundred days everything's right here we got to get actually
3: moving around so sorry i'm I'm gonna guess the plan for the first hundred days doesn't address this but thank you
5: Um,
3: i mean it was literally it was literally my first uh act of citizen journalism I just saw this.
0: Yeah, dude. I wandered back from outside. I was like, wow, John's man, yeah. like, whoa, he's like going full journalist over there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and I sent it to I created a monster. To a real journalist, Jordan Sheraton. And he came back with a lot of notes on you could have done this better, you could have done this better. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, those are all, those are all positive. Uh, but uh, the thing is, he was just walking past, and I just yeah. pulled my phone out of my pocket and um and started uh, asking him questions. And the first one was he had to know who I was with. Who are you with? Who are you with? And I said, I'm an independent journalist. And he gave the most beautiful side
2: yeah, eye. Yeah,
3: he really did. He, he's like, this
2: guy. And it was side eye. But the side eye went to his controlling per- his, Yeah, his it went his to manager, his controller. His, his manager his campaign was manager. sure this was okay Yeah, he was like, give ask.
3: me the fuck out of here. And then I started asking well, him. Well, you know,
0: look, he walked into the press pit. I mean, so he's got to assume, A, that, that everybody in there really is a press related. Yes. Because there's no way the thing there is, be there to begin with. There
3: wasn't right. one
0: Or that person, he's going to get asked some yeah, tough questions. That wasn't
3: one person who asked him a question. They were all like, everybody oh, hey, Rusty, it's ass. good to meet you. Yeah. When can I get an right. interview? Blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. There wasn't one person who stepped up and said, what are you going to do about the fraudulent elections that put you in power? And that's what I asked him about. And, of course, he had the typical fuck off and die answer of I'm, I'm going to support a task for force. He's going to appoint a task force. <laughs> and then crazy. I asked him, but what, what do you think the task force should <laughs> yeah. do? And he was just, and then finally, his campaign manager, go. we yeah. got to go, here's our plan for the first 100 days. And she I said, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to guess this doesn't address my question, but thanks anyway. And it didn't. Of course, it had nothing on there about that. And he has no—he has no idea. I mean, he knows. He knew the questions I was asking. He knew he what he was PDI aware was. of
0: the situation. Be, and I know you know how he, I know he was aware of the situation is because he specifically mentioned locations. Yes, and look that was the big beef that the other slate had. In the second filing against the AD51 re-election. Right.
3: Yeah. Outside These are town. the cheaters
0: that brought right. it up. So the cheaters that were okay with that location the first time around are now bitching about it this after they lost. It's like the irony was. Yeah.
3: And I'm kicking myself because the question I should have asked to end it was, do you think the Democratic Party should support fraudulent elections?
5: Can't.
3: And, watch, and I guarantee he wouldn't have said no. He would have said, well, blah, blah, blah. I don't think, I don't, we don't know that they're actually fraudulent. Which, of course, we do because well, be, they were admitted.
0: They're going to say they're election meetings. They're not actual elections. Like, there's a whole host of song and dance. That they and it,
3: the way it comes down, it comes down to it, which is the same thing with the 2016 primary, is Democratic Party is not a public institution. It's right. a corporation. Yeah. They can run things. They're allowed to run things however yeah. They want. Absolutely. That hasn't changed. That won't change. Yeah. And with companies like Juul and Uber and the fossil fuel industry funding these fraudulent elections, they can do whatever the hell they want Mm -hmm. while giving giving casual observers the appearance that they're trying to be democratic.
0: Right. They're not. They're not. Yeah. No. This is all true.
3: The entire rank and file of that party was pro-Bernie, pro-Tulsi.
0: Yeah, I think so. The
3: entire leadership.
2: You wouldn't know was that if you read it. Politico. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, and that's funny. So at the after, I, w- well, I was at the Bernie fundraiser, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was the first. Uh, it's the first speech I saw Bernie give where he was looser, unscripted, a little more uns- I mean, he's he's always sort of unscripted. He, but he he hits the same bullet points. But he kind of went off a little bit about he brought up the sixteen Politico hit pieces in sixteen hours. Yeah. Uh, he made a joke about was that Washington not smoking marijuana? Long pause mm-hmm. tonight. tonight? <laughs> uh, but it was just a joke. But everybody got it. But it's the stuff he didn't want to do yeah. in front of the press. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, but anyway, he, he punched back at
3: political directly. Yeah, which was awesome to hear. Yeah, he's a lot looser this time. He's like the the number of zero fucks given tweets that are coming out of his account. Is I, love just amazing. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, he called out when he called out Bill Kristol yeah, on supporting the war. Uh it was yeah. just
2: I mean, they're writing articles saying he won't apologize for not supporting the Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah. Like And he comes Is back, this a thing? What yeah. world are we living in here? He comes back to says Why Damn right. yeah, why
0: would he apologize for that? Damn that right. was the cruise. And, and his Iraq war vote. I know, like these were the correct positions. Like it just—it's ridiculous that that's even a conversation. I mean, my God, have you have you not seen the history of the Vietnam War? I mean, what world are you living in? Well, that
3: that attack, in terms of manufacturing consent, just the pro-clutching headlines, yeah, will will do this undercurrent (laughs) of. Setting the tone that right. the Vietnam War was not to be questioned and Bernie Sanders is not an American. He's not in the mainstream of America by questioning the Vietnam War. And they're hoping people have short memories. The people who are alive in the Democratic Party who actually remember the Vietnam War, which are people who are a few years older than we are, are all happy with that. They're they're right. fine with taking that line of yeah. attack if it keeps their gravy train running. Yeah. And the people who... Who were not born when the Vietnam War was going on, mm-hmm. uh, don't have as much information mm-hmm. and um, enough firsthand information. I mean, I was—it's crazy to think that I, I was know. ten I when mean, the Vietnam War ended. There. But but I was—I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, where the city was just torn apart by protests, so I was aware of it.
5: Right.
0: But
3: not everyone is.
0: <sighs> very frustrating um so Roe was absolutely everywhere it was like where in the world is Roe was like you could do that right. it was where the
2: opposite know? of where's Joe Biden
0: exactly like Roe I saw I it looked, wasn't where's
3: Roe it's here's
2: Roe again Ro. yeah. Right.
0: um yeah I think I saw Roe speak at like seven or eight times yeah. <laughs> he was at the PDA conference he was at everywhere he introduced practically.
2: Bernie at the veterans conference yeah yeah,
0: yeah. he was at the Pro- Pro- progressive caucus
8: um introduce Congressman Ro Thank you, uh,
7: and thank you for your courage and your being uh, on the vanguard of every issue. And thank you, Omar, uh, congratulations to uh, Omar Sherville for your leadership. With Representative Lisa still oh, here, is she here? Yes, she is. You know, uh, I often say, that there are a few people who are heroes of mine in Congress. John Lewis is one of them, and Representative Barbara Lee is one of them. <laughs> he, was, he has had the courage, he has had the courage for 20 years almost to be fighting to repeal the authorization of military force that has been a blank draft the world. And I just am so uh, grateful for her leadership. Thank you, Representative Lee. And I I think Representative Lee will tell you uh, that our favorite caucus in the Congress is the Progressive Caucus. So, certainly my my favorite caucus in the California Democratic Party is the Progressive Caucus. So thank you for your leadership. You know, Representative Lee, and I'll make brief remarks, but I, this will connect to them. She's leading a delegation to Plains, Georgia. And I'm very excited, I'm gonna go be part of it. And we're gonna get to hear President Carter uh, give his teaching sermon at Sunday school. I mean, here you have a president, you know, broke his hip and two weeks later, he's gonna be out Teaching Sunday school and I was reminded of his conversation that he had with President Trump because President Trump called him about a month ago and he said you know I'm concerned about China I'm concerned that China may get ahead of the United States and President Carter he didn't say go start a tariff war you know what President Carter said President Carter who, by the way, served this country, was actually in North Korea in the submarine in the 1950s. President Carter said that China has not been in a war since 1979. We have been in 40 conflicts since 1979. China has built 18,000 miles of high-speed rail. we built 500 miles of high-speed rail. China is investing in 1,800 new universities. We aren't investing even in making college free. And he said, imagine if the $6 trillion that we have wasted on these wars that people like Barbara oppose the imagine if we had put that in infrastructure, in education, in housing. We deeply love this country, we want this country to succeed, and we're, have a vision that really will invest in what we need for this country to succeed. They say, how many times have you heard you can't have free public college? And I went, how many times have you heard that, 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 that refrain? You know, you know how much it would cost to have free public college? It would cost the amount of two years in Afghanistan. What are we doing there? Forty-five billion dollars a year. For eighty billion, you could give every kid in this country free public college. We yeah. used to do that in California. I was fighting the California State East Bay president. He went to Berkeley. You know how much it cost back in the early 1970s? It cost six hundred yeah, bucks. <laughs> and he said I could, you know, do a couple jobs and still pay for my entire college education. And now we have folks there who are paying $14,000, dollars And one student said to me, if I have to choose between survival and education, I'm always gonna choose survival. What are we doing in a world that's gonna require high education that we're not making that basic investment? And we are not aware of the wealth gap in this country. The wealth gap based on race. You know, one of the things that surprised me and it came from a an understanding and being the progressive caucus, do you know that the average black council makes 10 cents in wealth, That's 10 cents in wealth to the average white household, a dollar in wealth. 10 times the disparity. And the average black household that is has a college graduate still makes less than an average white household that doesn't have a college graduate we still have a long way to go on issues of race in this country. And when we have the concentration of wealth with the technology revolution, 6,000 new millionaires who are gonna be, they make their money because of Hoover going public. And you don't have equity based on race, based on gender, based on geography. That is a huge challenge for our country. John Lewis says, he says technology rights are the new civil rights. We have to democratize access to the production of wealth and give more people a chance to participate in this economy to move towards greater equity. Let me end with this note. You know, people often say, How are you still confident about America? How are you? You go there. You see all of this craziness that's going on. What gives you hope? And I say that the same country that elected Donald Trump has elected the most diverse Congress in the history of this country. The same same country that elected Donald Trump has elected more women in the history of Congress than ever before time that has given us Donald Trump, has given us Parkland students who are working for justice when it comes to gun violence, has given us the sunrise moment that's moving forward on climate change, has given us the future that human rights. I tell you, I have seen the future of this country and it's in our district, in our area, where you have people from all over the world fighting for a more just Country and a just world. That is the future. We need to not be distracted by the negativity. We need to hold on to our vision of what this country and world
0: can be. And I'm going to everywhere. Uh,
3: and he said a lot of very nice things.
0: Yeah, no, he he made some really good solid speeches, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also appreciated the fact that he wasn't pacing everywhere. Everybody else you're trying to cover is like pacing. He plants his feet and stands there. Okay, yeah. This I, is good. Well, my theory
3: was that, that was that was his progressive twin brother, Rokana. Right. And then Rokana too is the guy who who kisses Nancy Pelosi's ass I don't get and endorses that. Joe Crowley over AOC. Yeah, I don't
2: get that. Like I,
0: how I, is I, this? I don't, I don't know if we should go there, thinking. but
3: I
2: kinda have a beef with him too. He undermines go, no, go there. he undermines Bernie's platform, being a co chair. Yeah. Of his platform and supporting one of the Medicare for All alternatives. Yeah, because the no middle ground mm. literally is yeah, the new. I agree. He
3: supports the alternative. He supports one of the. He supported one of the other Medicare well for America, recently. the fake one. I really don't know which one. Um, I can't. I can't figure the guy. I mean, I yeah, I, think I can't
0: figure him out. The sometimes, thing about Roe. Was sometimes I was, really like him. Other days I'm like. Mm.
3: He's a congressman from Silicon Valley. <laughs> And all you bad. don't get to be the congressman from Silicon Valley if right. you're not nice to billionaires and, and yeah. tech moguls and all of those people. Right. Uh, and Roe himself is a very wealthy man. So he operates in different circles than right. the people uh, who I used to work with, you know, the frontline workers who were making 60000 70000 a year. Right. Unless they are an H-1B visa, then they were making 50000 a year. You can't even
0: pay rent in San Jose
3: on that. Uh, you can if you live with five other people. Jesus. This is this is what they're doing, and and of yeah. course, what has Roe done to address that income disparity in Silicon Valley?
0: I would guess not much. What
3: has Roe done for the stress and the the overwhelming and illegal demands for free overtime from these people? You know, there are people who are driven hundred hour weeks um, they are on a salary. They make they make sixty k and. You know, I've been in job interviews with with the CEO who says um, everybody here who comes on works a minimum of 60 hour weeks. And they tell you that you go through the entire interview process. They give you the offer. You sign the offer. And then he says, you're working a minimum of 60 hour weeks.
0: Right. Fuck that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and then what are you going to do? You've already told your other offers to go hang, right? You know, and 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 then they drop this on you, and, and then they raise your rent six hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and you're you're like, well, I'm stuck.
0: What's the yeah. average rent in San Jose?
2: Oh, I hate to think of it. I, I don't three know. three or four
0: thousand, I would think a month or something crazy, right? Something nuts. I mean, it's well, like, I know what, that thirty two hundred in San Francisco, and there's no rent can, control. There are
3: one Same bedrooms. Today? There are one bedrooms here in Berkeley going for thirty eight hundred a month. Yeah so it's just out of reach of just about anybody unless well, you're an upper a, manager
0: I think this is an important part of the discussion just because it's relative mm-hmm. in other parts of the country making $60,000 a year is probably a good salary but here it's it's not it's you're you're not able to make it You anything. can't
2: survive in California I mean no, in, yeah. in in San Francisco I mean we just raised 60,
0: the minimum 000. wage in yeah. Los Angeles right and it, like $15 an hour is not enough by a long shot, are you kidding me? No, it right. should
3: be twenty five at least. I
0: agree, but this is where we're at. Because
3: if you're paying thirty five, forty thousand dollars a year in rent, if you have to have a yeah. a place for a family, you don't
0: got a lot to live on. No, it, no, no. It's, well, like, it's, it's rough. I mean,
3: that's the point. How do you ever
2: buy a house then? You know, you know How do don't. you? That's that's what's changed here's, the American dream. Here's how you yeah. buy a house,
3: and here's what's driving housing and rental prices in the in in the Bay Area. You buy the house the way that I bought my house. You win the stock options lottery. I worked at yeah. Apple. Yeah.
2: That's how Lift I Lift yourself up from your bootstraps. So so, so for me, oh, you do options. what I do. Yeah. You, you buy a house in East LA when you could still afford
0: yeah. to buy a house in East LA.
3: But <laughs> the thing is, my stock options, I mean, I know I did, I worked and I'm very proud of what I did for Apple, but at the end of the day, there were a bunch of luck.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I got lucky. Other people didn't get lucky. I know. And yes. it's the same thing. And so what happens is you have these people who have money they didn't earn. Okay, yeah, no. I didn't earn that money. No. Uh, and so they're willing to throw cash at a house, and then you have the people who earn their money, who can never get, can never get in the door because. The housing prices are being bid up by these people to whom the money doesn't really. We've had anything.
0: hedge funds buying property, and now and property. yes,
3: and now we have hedge funds. We have foreign investors. Yeah. China is is investing, and they they right. leave they these, these properties. Like they did, they need uh, they need a confiscatory vacancy tax mm-hmm. because the idea that you're just going to buy up these units and let them sit empty for an investment. Is appalling because these are not, this is not like some stock in a company, these are no, people's I know, homes. I
0: know, it's crazy. Um, so, so let's talk about the PDA luncheon, Progressive uh, Democrats of America, or
3: public disabilities of affection.
0: <laughs> Pete, Noah, Progressive Democrats. Okay. Um I'm a member of this organization, I love this organization. Um, Alan Minsky is the current executive director, I've had him on the podcast. He's also lives in District 34. He's my Mm -hmm. neighbor. Um, But Alan has a very interesting background. He was the program director at KPFK for years. So he did uh, progressive radio. His dad is Hyman Minsky, the famous uh, economist. And Alan also has degrees in economics. Um, But he's working really hard to set up, which I think is an interesting thing, to set up Many, uh, little mini PDA groups in every single district. So he wants there to be a PDA District 34, a PDA District 51, a PDA, like right. every district in the United States would have. And the responsibility of the volunteers in that that little cell group would be to uh, obviously get everybody to contact their legislators on, on important bills, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a really, fundamentally, a really right. strong way to go about grassroots volunteer activism. Um, so that's his goal. He's starting to to work on that now, uh, I thought he had some really good speakers at the luncheon. I enjoyed- I loved
2: the
3: Sunrise Movement kids.
2: Yeah, so they were, were great.
0: Awesome. Uh, they need
3: to tag along with Bernie's campaign whenever possible. But they had a better. They weren't part of. This, they, maybe, I'm sure they're working on the exact same mission. So I don't know how closely related, but they had a much better name. It was Kids versus the Apocalypse.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There were two groups there. There was a Sunrise and, and there was the Kids, the kids versus, versus the, the apocalypse. apocalypse, which were yeah, they were great. I thought Pamela Price was fantastic. Okay. What a fireball. It, right? Yeah, if,
3: if anybody out there wants to find like the next star in the progressive movement, Price. look up Pamela Price. She ran for mm-hmm. attorney general... Or district attorney, district attorney of Oakland, yeah, uh, and she would have should been, have won last time. She should, she should have, have won, won last time. She, this would have been that um,
0: would have been a massive game changer in the state. Yeah. for she, criminal justice.
3: She's one down. of these radical, another black woman not supported by the Democratic Party. Of course, yeah. She was one of she's one of these radical uh, district attorneys. She would have been. Um, that is not, uh, you know. Chums with the cops yeah, the anti-kamala harris who's yeah. she's the anti-kamala harris she's a civil rights um star. she's like the guy in philadelphia who i really respect
13: thank you it's my honor to be here today i was asked to talk about sexual harassment i joined the first lawsuit for sexual harassment under title IX in 1977. so it's been an issue that i have been active in for a long time today what is ironic to me, and I, I'm happy to talk about sexual rights, but I can talk about a lot of things, Tribunal Justice reform. I'm so happy Chase is here. But I'm happy to talk about this issue, because right now, as we are about to go, those of us who are delegates, we can already go vote. Yes! yes. That's right. That's right. We're going to vote in an election that should really not be happening, right? <laughs> oh, <my God.
5: laughs>
0: My view is that the Republican in the you
13: first place, should, should have been apologizing to Katie. Oh, 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 not only are they not apologizing mm-hmm. to her, but they went and found a surrogate for right. Eric and brought him to us. I have a real problem with the Democratic Party in the way in which it is choosing to respond to what appears to be a climate of Sexual predatory behavior, and let's just call it what it is, I mean, I didn't know much about Eric Bauman. I certainly didn't know about sexual assaults and sexual harassment and all the things that were going on inside the Los Angeles Democratic Party or inside the structure, the leadership of the Democratic Party. I didn't know, but a lot of people did know. A lot of people did know. And a lot of people knew, I could tell he's a bully, y'all. And I don't like bullies. That's Susan Harmon. I don't like bullies. People should have known that if you knew he was a bully, you knew what he was doing. But you still supported him. You still supported him because you didn't want to support a black woman taking charge of this party. I have a problem with that. So today... The party is now facing three lawsuits and I want to tell you a little bit about those because we're going to pay some millions of dollars. She's right. I've been suing. i was blessed to graduate from law school and then to be able to live my making because I got to sue people for sexual harassment. (laughs) The first case was filed in January of 2019 by Kate Ely, Uh, Early and, uh, and several other plaintiffs. And they alleged that Eric Bauman was engaged in sexual harassment. That second case was filed in April of 2019 by Eric Bauman's longtime assistant out of the L.A. Democratic Party. And he said that Eric Bauman sexually assaulted him at least three times. The third case was filed by staffers out of the Sacramento office. And they said that Eric Bauman engaged in sexual harassment, sexual assault, discrimination, race discrimination, and retaliation. Those are three cases that are now pending in the courts across this state, for which the California Democratic Party, I can tell you, as a civil rights lawyer, is going to pay. Yes, yes, we are going to pay. But I also want to call out as well the the courage of Kate Early, who came out and broke the silence in January, and then turned around in March and broke another uh, bit of information that is so important, and I want to highlight that. In March, she dropped out of the case. Now, I can tell you that's unusual. As your lawyer, I don't want you dropping out of no cases. That's not how we roll. That's not what we do. If we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight. And she said, I'm dropping out because I wanna fight another way. I wanna have the right to tell people what is actually going on. And what she called out is that we, as a California Democratic Party, are employing a particular law firm that defends employers against discrimination, harassment, and retaliation cases. Our dues, any money that we give to the CDP, any money that we give to our elected officials who then turn around and give to the CDP, if y'all don't know, follow the money, (laughs) that money is going to be used to hire and pay a law firm called Delfino Maiden out of Sacramento. And they say on their website, our attorneys regularly appear in state and federal court to defend employers against all types of employment litigation, including discrimination, harassment, retaliation, breach of contract, wrongful termination, whistleblower, wage and hour, and pack of claims. We have represented our employer com- clients in complex wage and hour class action litigation for nearly 15 years. Our lawyers have successfully opposed motions for class certification in state and federal courts those are, our those are the people that we are the next party chair is going to work with an authorized payment for and so when i i stand here before you today outraged that we have a surrogate in uh certain people who are running to continue the legacy the practices of eric Bowman. And I am shocked,
5: I I guess I'm not shocked,
13: but I am so angry at this party in this moment. And so what I wanna say to you, whatever happens today, whatever happens today, it is so important as we go back to our communities, whether you are active on the Central Committee, whether you are active in a caucus, it is essential that we call out the Democratic Party and say to them, you need to fire this law firm. Because we are a party, allegedly, of working class people. We represent the interests of the people of the state of California. And we should not be using our dollars, our money, to defend, to support the kind of law firm that engages in this kind of practice. So I want to say that to each of you. That's my call to action today. I was down supporting Bernie. I came out hard for Bernie. I was radicalized as a young woman in the moment when Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed. And for me, from that instant till now, it has been about fighting for human rights, for civil rights, for fighting for all of us to be better than we are. And that's where we are now. This Democratic Party is got some real issues, and I agree with what Alan was saying. We, we, it's got some real issues. And there are days I'm on the central committee. I can tell you, there are days that I leave that central committee meeting, and I'm like, I am not coming back here. <laughs> I'm done with these people.
0: We need you. Right. We need
13: exactly. You. And need folks you. need me, and we need more like me to step up and like have a voice. I told a young woman yesterday, there's plenty of room for more like me. So please, I am not unique. I am one of you. I am honored to be here. And I just ask that we continue to be forthright and bold and to call people out and call it what it is. Thank you for coming.
3: But anyhow, I mean, she. so she was in favor of things like... Um, Budgetary justification for sentencing. In other words, if you're going to put someone into jail, you have to justify that it's worth it. The cost of putting them in jail. She's for money bail reform. She's for eliminating cash bail. She's for um, she's for eliminating these forced plea bargains Mm -hmm. and giving people giving people opportunity to work outside of going to jail. And of course, this is the thing that should have been happening all the time. It is the thing that happens. All the time, if you're a white collar criminal uh, and right. and you get all these opportunities, so your life isn't ruined. Right. Uh, but if you have a, a black kid who breaks into a car and steals a laptop, first offense, he's going to do five, 10 years, which is ridiculous. Oh. And there, and if even if he wasn't the guy that did it, if they arrested him for it, yeah. uh, the, they he's going to plea bargain. They can make him just plea because he life. can't afford an attorney. He can't yeah. afford he can't afford bail, so he'll plea out and he'll yeah. do I some mean, time. there's
0: kids that are in and just sitting there without having gone to trial yet, simply because they can't afford to post bail. It's insane. Yeah,
3: yeah. and Pamela Price. There's
0: it's this is not justice. No,
3: just like every other police department, um, urban police department, the Oakland PD needs a lot of reform mm-hmm. and someone like Pamela Price would have would be helpful yeah pushed that through. Um, but of course a police union um,
0: oh I could imagine they couldn't stop were it just protected
3: with, and served the shit out of her with with bullying people and trying to get people to to, to go against her and talking about how but this she is where democratic
2: out. leadership makes all the difference. Yeah. Like r- regardless of who's who's the senator, the congressman, that the party people can push these agendas within the party. Yes. Yeah. And then being California, we're a thousand times more powerful because we fund the DNC. Right. Mm -hmm. We fund, we basically fund the Democratic Party. Yeah, California California. is- is But we can't use that leverage without the people within
3: the party here
5: being on board with us. Right.
3: Well, here's it's a problem because a lot of them um, have paid positions in the Democratic Party. This is their job. Mm -hmm. This is their career. If they go against the establishment line, they will not have those paid positions. Um, so it comes into this, this sort of completely perverse situation where the shitty you are at your job, the higher you will rise right. within the party. But if you actually advocate for the people, if you actually advocate for the planet against uh, the corporate interests, you will get drummed out of the party. And people yeah. were threatened with this. Kimberly Ellis, who who ran as the more progressive chair, right. the less corporate chair. Um, was threatened with this last time when she was running against this criminal Eric Bauman, <laughs> who ended up getting drummed out for sexual assault.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I loved Pamela Price. I thought uh, Javanka Beckles was another She's phenomenal yeah. speech that she gave. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, you're
15: Bernie Cracks dinner. Uh, I had a, uh, the opportunity, oh, the pleasure, uh, oh, I had the pleasure uh, last night of uh, speaking there and talking, and I talked a little bit about why it's so important to have local input, local uh, movement, local organizing, because what we do at the local level does make an impact at the state and then hopefully at the federal levels. And I talked about how in Richmond, uh, you know, we were the first city to bring about the first rent control in 30 years. And Woo! now we've got that conversation, right, going on. We were the first uh, to to, to, uh, to ban uh, the box, which is taken off the question of incarceration. And now it's being taken up at the state. we have seen that, right, and that's a good thing. Uh, but what I neglected to, to mention last night was that we were also one of the first cities in California, along with Oakland, we joined a partnership to look into public banking uh, and now right now it's happening at the state level and so the public banking act ab 857 won
0: by one vote every vote matters so i just wanted to make say that
15: because it's so important why we have to continue to organize even at the even at the state level, and I wrote down some thoughts because, as you all know, uh, I just got uh, your family, and I will just get distracted and me So I'm going to stay on script today because we have five minutes, and I know that we all need to leave uh, by 1:30. And so, uh, thank you all for having me here. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity so much. Happy to be here with so many progressives, and uh, Pam. Uh, as we look around the room, we see that well, we are the we are one of two black women in this room. Yes. And so this conversation that I'm about to have with you family, brothers, sisters, siblings, is not an easy one, uh, because I'm going to be talking about the increased need for diversity in our party. <laughs> Never an easy conversation, not even with family, we know that, you know, any kind of conversation that's that's a little uncomfortable, regardless of how uncomfortable it uncomfortable. is. It has to be, we have to do it. We have to talk about it. Yeah. And so talking a little bit about me and I'm cutting my political teeth uh, in this oh, yes. progressive politics. So I am forever, ever, ever, ever grateful for allies who supported me yeah. and mentored me and the PDA is one of those allies in uh, our, our run for a against the fifteen. Now that is, that that race, right, between myself and the current uh, assembly members. We had, we had, right, we had a white woman, right, with no roots, we had, we had a white woman with no track record, right. We had a white woman who came and showed up to a lot of, uh, a lot of the candidates' forums in yoga pants. I came in a suit, and yet I was the one who was never professional enough.
5: I was the one,
15: right, who didn't have enough roots. I was the one you know, and so I, I say that to say that this is this is where we are and she's a Democrat, I'm a Democrat. And yes, people often don't even recognize how racist that vote for her was. Uh, no, it is, you know, was can you imagine if it, if, if it were the other way around? Can you imagine if I was, you know, this black woman who never stepped foot in the Bay Area, right, except <laughs> to run for office, who said, hey, I, 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 vote, I you know, vote for me because I work for Obama. Uh, you know, vote for me because you know, I I I am a progressive just like you. And then there was a white woman who'd been here for 30 years, working directly with the residents as a mental health specialist and children, and 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 working with incarcerated parents and doing the work and being on the ground. Can you imagine? They would have been like, "Well, who is this woman? Think she is to come?" Right? If it were the other way around. And I say that because people don't recognize just how racist that yeah. was, the was mailers, with the reason. videos, right? The uh, so there I go. going off Keegan. Sorry about that. <laughs> I uh, but I have to say, because Preach. we're talking about a Democrat, these were, this was a democratic race between two Democrats, one with no local experience, one with no experience, one who just came and made a lot of promises and you know, a black woman would never have been able to win in that situation. And yet here we are, right, with with a, an elected official who who just came with promises, no track record, no roots, and won. Uh, so I did. I'm grateful for PDA, uh, and I continue, though, to be overwhelmed by the commitment and of the generosity of progressive activists. I've also also been deeply disappointed by our slow progress to be fully, truly inclusive of. Others, quote unquote, who, who don't necessarily look like us and sound like us and think the way we do. I like to challenge us. I like to challenge us to rethink business as usual. Oh, and see, there we go. And I went off, for it off script. But I do want to say, you oh, I do want to say, y'all. Let's 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 be bold because oftentimes we're we're, we're just we're you know we, we say we're radical and we're not radical. We're afraid to have a conversation. We're afraid to have these deep conversations. And I have more to say, but we're out of time. Uh, but I just I, I I wish I had more time. But we've had some amazing speakers. I truly am inspired by the young people
5: who came today. It's right? And let's support
15: For women who look like me to
2: have a voice. I think we saw both of them at the R Revolution thing Tina Turner hosted last cycle. Oh,
0: probably.
2: Uh, Sorry, Nina Nina Turner. You're here, so I'm like Nina Turner. Uh, Yeah. Tina Turner is is Nina
0: and I together. Yes.
2: (laughs) Kind of scary fusion, but yes. Run. Uh, but but they they were both great. Yeah, and it felt like they had the world's support, and they both lost. Which is
3: they had the support of the people, of the workers, of of the middle class right. and poor in the East Bay, which meant it didn't matter. And right. that's the thing is because you, the wealthy because people. the wealthy determine right the election, um, you know, and, and Buffy is,
0: Wicks, like a lot of the stuff she did was pretty fucking racist. It sounded like mean, it
3: was pretty fucking racist. Let's just say it outright. Buffy Wicks is a racist.
0: I mean that keep who work our on neighborhoods her, safe.
3: The people who work on her what? campaign, <laughs> including our fit, friend Dean of Dublin, are racists. Uh, and they ran a racist campaign against a black woman who had roots in the community. Yeah. Uh, and there were things where, uh, and Jovanka mentioned this, where she would show up in a suit, yeah. in a business suit. Buffy would show up with her kid wearing yoga, yoga pants, pants. Yeah, and and the, the, it in the bag. And, she knew it was in the and, bag. and the comment afterward would be about how unprofessional Jovanka Beckles. Yeah, was.
0: can you believe that? Or no, my favorite thing was not not favorite, but it's appalling. But but this yeah. really shows you right. how fucked up the party is. She said that they had one flyer they put out where they darkened her skin.
3: No, not one flyer. I mean, I have the mailer, and I could I can give you the gift that you can put in at this point. But they literally went through and photoshopped Jovanka's face to make her skin darker. While they what talked did they about the fuck? while they talked about how angry she was, how lazy she was, how unintelligent she was, how all the dog whistles, she was. all yeah. the dog whistles. It, it's not. It's not a. That's and the this old is in fucking Berkeley. This is Berkeley yeah. for fuck's yeah. sake. Right. Well, it was Berkeley, it was Oakland, it was Richmond. I mean it was it was all the places where the the working but people But doesn't Buffy live. live here
0: in Berkeley? Or am I wrong on that?
3: I think she does, but I don't care. <laughs> I mean she's in she's this in the is, district. Hey buddy, this is your town. She lived in the district for under two years okay. when she ran. She's never been in this district. Javanka grew up here. She's a mental she's a health expert. Batter. Yeah, yeah and, and, and Buffy came in, David Axelrod was tweeting endorsements, Obama endorsed them. That's gross. And what happened was yeah, she ran gross. that is really gross. She actually. ran an overtly racist, Obama, overtly how classist how he, campaign.
0: Yeah, how could he endorse Buffy? How? Axelrod? No, I mean, Obama.
3: How could he drone bomb children? What do right, you think this guy
0: enough. is? I don't know. I just, you know, it's just painful. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. You still have I'm that still little 2008 feeling.
2: We all do. <laughs> we all felt
3: good that Obama got elected. And I was like, you know, you do that degrading process afterwards where it's, well, we have to hold his feet to the fire. It's like, God damn it. Just do your fucking job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very upsetting. Um, deep breath. Deep breath, right? Then we also heard from um, a couple of candidates, another one that's running for DA.
10: It is my honor and my privilege to introduce somebody who's becoming a very good friend of mine because I think I've seen him every night this past <laughs> week. Chesa Boudin is a public defender running for DA. He is part of a movement across the country for people to ask for real justice. He is the people's choice, and he is the only progressive in the race to be.
16: Thank you. Wow, um, it is a real honor to be here. I have to say uh, that is a tough act to follow, Roe. Uh, I'm not sure um, how that happened in the agenda. I would have liked to have gone before him. <laughs> Let me just see a quick show of hands. Who here voted for Bernie Sanders last time around? Yeah. I'm so proud to be part of this group, to have voted for Bernie Sanders, to be ready to do it again this year. Now, I know that every one of us in this room, can you hear me in the back? Okay. I know that every person in this room who just raised their hand, who voted for Bernie, who's ready to do it again, has a different reason for why he is their candidate. I want to tell you my reason. Because I know that Bernie Sanders is the only presidential candidate who is truly committed to ending mass incarceration. And those two words, mass incarceration, those are words that we hear every day. What do they mean? Mass incarceration means that the United States is a country that incarcerates the most people of any country in the world. It means we incarcerate 25% of the world's prison population. Shame. It means that in a place like San Francisco, where the population is 4% African-American, more than 50% of the jail, is African-American. Mass incarceration also means something very personal to me. Mass incarceration means that in this country, more than 50% of the population has an immediate family member that is either incarcerated today or was previously incarcerated. I'm one of the majority. When I was in diapers, my parents left me at the babysitter and they never came home. My mother served 22 years in prison. My father may never get out. Now growing up, for me, and to this day, mass incarceration means the sound of steel gates closing behind me every time I say goodbye to my father. It means every single phone conversation that I've ever had with him, including the one I had this morning, is recorded by the Department of Corrections. It means that the invisible ink the guard stamps on my hand when I go into the prison is my passport back to freedom while he's getting strip searched by those same guards. We can do better. Now, visiting prisons my whole life taught me that our system is broken. It's not just broken for the children, the millions of children like me that grow up visiting their parents in prison. It's also broken for the victims of crime who have so little to show for the billions of dollars we invest in caging, mostly black and brown young men. It's broken for the taxpayers that put the bill. It's broken for the people who spend their lives wasting away in cages. We can do better. Now, I'm running for district attorney because I have a lot of ideas about how we can fix this broken system. I've been working on criminal justice reform since before those were popular things to talk about, right? You talk about all the so-called progressives in the race, whether it's the local level, whether it's the national level, we know there are not that many true progressives. So I want to tell you briefly about my background so you can see where I come from and where I'm going with your help. I've been speaking out about issues of mass incarceration since I was in high school. I've been working on these issues. It's why I went to law school, it's why I became a lawyer. I've been a public defender here in the San Francisco, of Hall of Justice, it's the only place I've practiced law since law school. And during that time, I've seen that the promises we're taught in grade school and in law school are false promises. We're told that we live in a country of equal justice, but instead we have money bail, where the wealthy buy their way out and the poor languish behind bars, no matter how weak the evidence against them is. We're told we have a system that cares about treating people's mental illness and drug addiction, but instead we give them solitary confinement and felony convictions and put them back on the streets to see what happens next. We're told we live in a system where we want to have a level playing field and invest in our future and our youth, but in the time we've built a single new university in the state of California, we've built more than 20 prisons. Shame.
5: So we need to break
16: that school to prison pipeline. We need to end money bail. We need to recognize that fixing this broken system starts with understanding the root causes of crime. In San Francisco, 75% of the people booked into county jail suffer from drug addiction, mental illness, or both. We we are asking, thank you, I'm sorry. Tell me if you need louder in the back. We are asking the criminal justice system to deal with a public health crisis. With Bernie Sanders' help, with all of your help, we're gonna have public health care for all. We're gonna end mass incarceration, we're gonna close jails, we're gonna close prisons, we're gonna provide investment to communities before crimes are committed, and we're gonna give victims a voice through restorative justice programs. Oh,
5: wow. As a public
16: defender, I've led the fight against money bail in San Francisco. I work to end cooperation with immigration officials who were literally kidnapping people from their communities and deporting them to countries they had never known. Now in San Francisco,
6: we talk a lot about crime and punishment, and there's a lot of moderates in this town
5: who
16: think we need to be tougher on people who commit property crimes. So I want to give you an example of how we're doing things today and how much better we could be doing. People say that the auto burglary in San Francisco are an epidemic. They say that the 30,000 auto burglaries reported in 2018 mean we're not being tough enough on crime. Well, there was a man, African-American, of course, in January of this year, who broke a single car window, took a single backpack, and was sentenced to nine years in state prison. And they say we're not tough enough. But you know what didn't happen for the $85,000 a year, we as taxpayers are gonna spend to incarcerate that young man. What didn't happen is nobody paid to fix the broken window. What about victims' rights? What about actually healing the harm that crime causes instead of perpetuating a cycle of mass incarceration? We can do better. But if we want fundamental change, whether it's in the White House or in the Hall of Justice here in San Francisco, that fundamental change has to start with fundamentally changing the people and the ideas that we elect to these critical offices. That's why I'm running. That's why I'm proud to have PDA San Francisco support. That's why I'm proud to have the Bernie Grats in San Francisco support and so many other leaders in the community who are gonna work with me and you to end mass incarceration. Thank you so much.
0: an interesting speech he sounded like he was ready to um also do criminal justice reform so that was important mm-hmm. um i just thought their lineup was pretty solid and it was a good uh afternoon of speeches mm-hmm. it it
2: was all the messages we want to hear from the democratic party they were not that hearing. we don't hear
0: and again like can i mention what another thing we were the only press people in that entire room yep once again
2: how is that? A, how is that a thing? How am, is Peter Douche covering this event? I mean, <laughs> how is my parody account there, and there isn't anyone else who gives a shit about progressive issues?
5: Right.
2: Well,
3: and, and I mean, you. there you. And the most egregious, yes,
2: is egregious.
3: Most egregious um, was that I was acting as her photographer, and as I told people, the last camera I owned had film in it.
5: Yeah. Right. So
3: I was just like, like ah. Uh, but these are the people who show up, just seat of the pants, grassroots right. journalists. Right. Who, by the way, everyone should think about this. Okay, if I can go there and act as a photographer, anybody can do this,
0: well, and they should. Technically, you can, but technically you can't because you won't be able to get a press credential from the party. But
3: well, make up a news organization. Make up your news organization. Get a domain on GoDaddy, and you got press credentials.
0: No, they'll probably say no. Really? Yeah.
3: Really. I don't know.
0: Maybe I'm wrong, but then well, you, some
3: of the v- events could have been covered.
2: They could have covered the PDA. They could, yeah. They
0: could have. They choose. They choo- right. My point it's, is, they and it's choo- not, not like
2: we needed press credentials. To we didn't for that. You just yeah. had to pay to mm-hmm. attend the event. Oh,
0: yeah. true that. Yeah, right. true that. But it's just amazing to me that these things are going on. Really important things that are going on, not covered. Not yeah. covered. Yeah. Time and time again, we we thought these things were important to mm-hmm. cover, and nobody else did.
2: Yeah. Well, and the story at the convention. I mean, it, it should have been. Joe Biden is not here.
0: Yeah, that should, that have been should a be the, major the number the
2: one story. Yeah. And
0: instead, they're leading with Joe Biden is is a mile ahead of Bernie. Right. His popularity it's is amazing. waning. It's amazing. You, you're gonna fucking. Who? I want to know where these political writers were that they saw his popularity waning. They were obviously not at the convention because if they had actually been there, they would hear how fucking ridiculous. Are it you seemed. kidding?
3: They were totally at the convention. They knew how ridiculous it was. That's the they point. A, they yeah. wrote the lie anyway. They wrote the lie. You couldn't be at the convention and believe
2: Bernie's enthusiasm was waning.
0: Yeah, you I mean, couldn't
2: believe. You could
0: literally hear the hand. Kamala Harris he's like three doors down, you know? through the ceiling, through the or, ceiling, yeah. or wherever you know. It was it was remarkable. Um, yeah, there's no way that his his popularity is waning at all. So that's just a ridiculous claim. But I felt. Um, I felt really angry when I read that this morning because I I still have a belief that the fourth estate has a certain obligation to public service. And every time I feel let down by something like this.
3: The people getting paid to be part of the fourth estate just don't give a fuck for the the most part. And that's what I'm saying is, is it's up to people like us. Yeah, I agree. Who just, as long as you got a phone with a camera on it, you're a journalist. yeah. And go be a journalist. Yeah. You don't have to get into these events. Wait by the door and wait that's till the true. schmucks walk out and the corner. I
0: get much more salient information from my Twitter feed these days than I do. I don't even watch mainstream media. I think I watch Democracy Now. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And uh, that's even
2: a little bit Well, I, I actually will admit to watching CNN and MSNBC regularly. But it's no. just to follow the bullshit narratives. To, this is to, why you to have, understand the this situation. This is why you have booze in front of you right that's why I have booze and that's why I'm on Twitter and that's why I had to create a parody account Makes because sliver. as myself, I just want to yell fuck the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get so, it. I get it. All right. Yeah, so, but
0: it's amazing. Anyway. So what What are some of the other highlights that you folks want to discuss? I sort of hijacked the conversation with my The
3: once. questions near the close of the conference, of the, of the convention. The people who got up in front of the mic and were mm, saying, "Okay," because we're sitting there and while Bernie is speaking, there's giant ads on the screen for Jewel, the tobacco company. Wait, but, shut the fuck up! Yeah, and while it. he was, talking, I was, down, I was down in front of the podium. Right. Right. Yeah, so yeah, so you didn't I, see this, didn't but, see but on the sides, they're are you running, They're running ads for Jewel. They're running ads for for Uber.
0: Are you fucking kidding yeah. me?
3: Yeah, and then the people got "Wait, up.
0: wait, wait, wait! What? How, I, I, I did not see this." Yeah. That's insane. Yeah,
3: they're running ads for all the people who get all the corporations that gave them money, uh, and then these these very brave delegates who, wow. when they go up to the mic, they got mad. the people on stage know who they are. Yeah. They know who their name is. They know That's what right. assembly district they're from. Uh, these are people who are in the party. Yes, and they got up to that mic and they said, "Why are you taking money
0: yes.
3: from these corporations?" Uber, who doesn't allow union, who screws over the yeah. workers at every opportunity. Jewel that targets, um, that targets minors right. with tobacco ads and, right. to, and and tobacco products, and the fossil fuel industry. And why are you taking money from that? And the 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 smug motherfuckers up on stage were like, "Well, we need money." Yeah, to I heard
0: that. Mark. And I'm just I didn't there, I had not seen the ads though. I missed
3: that too. I, and wow. and the thing is, if the California Democratic Party just went. Hard left, pro-worker—you know—they wouldn't need
0: to take money from corporations. But they would, they would be, get more donations. They from people would be like me.
3: overwhelmed. Do you know the last money. time
0: I gave them money? You know how long ago it was? Yeah. And this is the reason why. No, we're getting why the would I give them directly. money? That's right. Yeah, that's, you know
3: who? That's wouldn't, right. Get, but you know who wouldn't get money? Those empty fucking suits on the stage. No, of course would they, not get And nor money.
0: do they. Nor should they be given money. They they shouldn't even be on that fucking yeah. stage.
3: So you have this tiny minority of people in the Democratic Party who are, who are there simply to protect their own gravy train at the expense of the entire state and because of California's influence at the expense of the entire country and because of America's influence at the expense of the entire world. They're, all they're there for is to line their pockets. And these, these people are personally just disgusting. So, so people so, okay. the people who went after maria Estrada the guy the white guy who called her a racist,
0: yeah, that was another thing um, that happened yeah white white red you and
3: you see these people there was a there was a, a phrase that we used to use at t y t called on face alone, right, yeah, that lawyer that came in that tried to overturn the eighty fifty one second election, yeah. on face alone, that guy was a walking dumpster fire. <laughs> And every one of these people he totally was. Oh. just ooze slime yeah, out yeah, of every super pore. Slimy. And it's like, how do you get to be that way? Just to just to know, know
0: that your like, decisions are killing He shouldn't have even been allowed people. to do that. Those delegates should have been told that they had to defend their position themselves. And if they couldn't be bothered with that, yeah. then automatic loss. I, honestly, they're the ones that brought the challenge. They were the cheaters that turned around and said... You guys are the ones that are suppressing the vote, not us, the cheaters. It was fucking ridiculous.
2: So, and this is what you're asking our last takeaway on the thing. But one thing that struck me the most was just how little has changed. So the biggest criticism, obviously, in 2016 was that the Democratic Party put its fingers on the scale, stepped on the scale, jumped on the scale, scale, changed the mathematics and the computers in the the scale.
0: Right. So so here we are at
2: the Democratic (laughs) Convention in California. Or cadem uh, cadem whatever
0: I call cadem I, I call don't know. it cal it's cadem but I call it caldem right. because people don't understand
3: people K-Dim. don't know what cadem
2: is outside
0: right. of our world people go what is cadem so, so if I say caldem people know it's which not. is a, a democratic party another
3: tiny footnote of how they use jargon to exclude as many right. people right. as possible I so I just lie.
2: want to make sure and get this across so everyone showing up this event uh, for press has to get a lanyard with your press pass right. and they were giving out. They were giving these out with Kamala Harris oh, lanyards, oh, yeah. so Which the we, press we has to walk us. around with <laughs> Kamala Harris lanyards, and the DNC and the Democratic Party and the California Democratic Party is allowing that. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Well, we did. We, we did. We, we, we there opted was, a out. Yeah, out, was a builders association. association next door, <laughs> so We wore those instead. We
3: stole from the builders <laughs> association, yeah. right?
2: But how ridiculous is that? I mean, it's, it's
0: totally the most ridiculous. It,
3: I'd rather have a pain. It's paint just so insulting. On my neck. It's so insulting.
0: It is insulting.
3: Yeah, and 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 the th- the thing. And speaking of insulting, we didn't talk about Barbara Lee in front of the progressive.
0: <gasps> oh, pitching Ooh.
3: Kamala and getting booze. Okay, so booed, yeah. so Roe got up there, and there was a bunch of people, including um, I'm sorry, I just bl- I just blanked on her name. This Jane Kim. Jane Kim, who yeah. are who are working on Bernie's campaign, who are supporting Bernie's campaign, who. Did not go up there and shill for their candidate. In fact, Jane would never.
2: Yeah, she wasn't his, the time for it. Like
3: Roe yeah, came nobody was out, doing Ro came out and was just like, you know, where I'm coming from. I'm working right. on Bernie's campaign, and that was it. And Jane got up there and said, I'm not even going to mention his I'm name. I'm not going to mention the I'm just going to talk name. about what but we need to signs, do. But there's some signs, yeah. but she yeah. gave a
0: great speech. And
3: and then <laughs> and then Barbara Lee gets up there. Oh
0: God, it was so awful.
3: And just rolls out. It was awful. This scripted campaign ad. For Kamala Harris. Yeah, it was bad. And I think for a lot of people, that was the was last shocked. friggin' straw. I mean, this
0: is somebody I have, have yeah. had a tremendous amount of respect for. She was always been the one anti-war.
2: That's because you don't live in her district.
0: Okay, maybe so. Well, her but,
2: endorsement in Dolores Huertas
0: Yeah. Kamala uh, yeah. just, honestly, just though, disgust yeah. me. It was really but, bad. No, it was really bad. Back was, to the event, yes. It was bad. I mean, she. it's exactly like she So said.
3: Sh- so what happened first...
0: So the was, delegates are getting very upset. Yeah.
3: So what happened first when she started in on this is 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 people just stood up and walked out. And it was clearly a not an organized down. thing. Just people stood up, turned their backs, and walked out. And then she just, she didn't get the sense of the room. And she, she kept, kept going. going. And she called and Kamala a progressive. Yeah. And she said, she mentioned a lot of Bernie's policies that Kamala's co-opting is... Yeah. And, and watering down.
0: Let
3: me just
14: um, uh, say how proud I am of the California Democratic Party because you are the most progressive and the welcome Democratic Party in the entire country. <laughs> I remember in the last election, I was on the drafting committee for the platform. And I want you to know, so goes the platform for the national government as followed by and let out by California. Because when you look at our national platform, it is very close to what you have put together. And so it is the most progressive platform of any Democratic Party in terms of the entire country. But our national party is becoming more progressive because of you. So thank you very much. I just want to thank Roan for his tremendous leadership and his time. And You know, Roan has been fighting so hard to stop this humanitarian disaster in Yemen. And he, yeah, give him a round of applause. And this administration, because of their cozy relationship with Saudi Arabia, They had the nerve to veto the bill, which was bipartisan that Roe worked so hard on, so thank you so much, Roe. He's also one of our vice chairs of the Progressive Caucus and keeps us focused in the right direction, the correct direction (laughs) on so many issues (laughs) in terms of our foreign and military policy. Serves on the budget committee and also you're on oversight now, right? And, you know, when when Roe speaks, everyone listens. And so I'm so <laughs> glad to see you here at Ro, and thank you again so much for your friendship awesome <laughs> Now, of course, as I said, as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. And so we all are supporting our own candidates. I'm very proud to say that I am supporting the first African-American woman elected to the state to the U.S. Senate and the second one black woman ever elected to the Senate in history, of Senator Kamala Harris. Now, I'm supporting <laughs> her for president and
5: working on that campaign and proud
14: to be a co-chair of her campaign. And just I just want to briefly tell you a couple of things about what in the world this campaign really is about in terms of why I believe, given her history of public service, and her cause, and in the fight for justice, what that means for each and every person. First of all, just in terms of her platform, and I don't know if any of you have read this, but she has the biggest tax cut for middle income, working families, than any other candidate that I have seen to date, and I believe that this tax debt is going to help Californians in so many ways. Look at what what our teachers need. I mean, it's unbelievable. The teachers are working for little or no money. They should be the highest paid profession in the country. Teachers should be. And so her proposal to give teachers a $10,300 raise in their paycheck to me makes a heck of a lot of sense. Teachers deserve to be the best-paid people in the country. They are securing our future. And we have the right all of resources to do it. If we go to that defense budget, we can definitely pay teachers what they deserve. And this proposal is an extremely important
13: proposal that I hope you all will look at.
14: Also, when you look at the fact that we have the highest cost of living here in the Bay Area, affordable housing, Housing is a basic human right, right? I mean, this is getting to be out of, out of hand. And so her Rent Relief Act will help renters. I have a bill, the Renter's Bill of Rights. You know, we've got to focus on how to make sure that renters have safe, secure, and clean housing. Everyone deserves that, right? And we know this in the Bay Area. And so I'm very proud that Senator Harris now is working on this for everyone who needs affordable housing in our communities and in our nation. Yeah, Medicare for all, you know, we're working hard to preserve the affordable care, but we've got to have Medicare for all. But we've got to have Medicare for all. We've been working on this a while, and I know that Senator Harris is on record. She's working hard to not only make sure everyone has Accessible health care, because health care is a human right, but Medicare for all has got to be the next order of the day in our health care strategy. It's got to be. Finally, let me just say one thing about restoring some truth in this government. We need, and, and I, I believe this from the bottom of my heart, that we need a president who is, and candidates who are direct opposites from what we have in the White House now.
5: Bernie! Someone
14: who fights for truth, right, truth, and for justice, and for opportunity.
8: Only one.
14: That's what we need. We need a fighter who cares about all Americans. And I know, because I've known Kamala Harris for many, many, many years as a colleague, but also as a friend, and also as our son, that this is what she will do and is doing on this campaign trail. And I think you have seen her take on this administration in a way that tells me that she's gonna prosecute the heck out of Donald Trump out of this White
5: House. So I just wanna
14: thank you all again for staying progressive, for being the voters' party in the country. And let's make sure we get out to vote, register everybody in California so that we can not only keep the House, but take back the Senate and move on to make sure that we take this White House in 2020 and elect Kamala Harris as our next president. And thank you very much.
0: started booing
3: people started booing right? and they should not have she I mean Barbara Lee is and they were st- chanting Bernie 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 yeah. too yeah. but I don't want to tie that into the booing because yeah. people booed
2: because the message was terrible but it the wasn't fact about, it wasn't about
0: was a, was a it was a twofold thing it was A the message was terrible and B why was she there shilling for Kamala like everybody else had come in there to give an actual speech about where the party needs to go what are the progressive issues that the progressive caucus should be focusing on yeah and she rolls in there and everybody was excited to hear from like it was like oh yeah barbara she's going to talk to us about uh ending regime change war some of the things that we look to barbara for leadership on and Mm -hmm. instead she did this yeah it was like
3: yep it's gross and and she, and we know this is such a cynical move. It's cynical. because Barbara Lee is such a hero yeah. to the workers and yeah. the people of color in the East Bay. We know why she's there, and
0: to the anti-war movement,
3: she's doing what I didn't I say, expect it. I didn't all expect of these it. fake progressives are there to do, which is she's there to sell Republican policies to the peasants.
0: I was really disappointed,
3: and and you know, there's just no excuse for her, especially this early on in the primary. To accept an endorsement from to, to endorse Kamala Harris,
0: yeah, yeah. I well, she
3: wrapped them all up early. She got to do some. She had like two hundred
2: endorsements a weekend to California yeah. endorsements. Yeah, and
0: I don't. I think they're going to end up being completely meaningless. She's yeah. not even popular. I mean, she what she's ranked three in the state as far as the polling's going. I think right now. I mean, she's not. She's she's she's, she's a contender.
3: distant third in her own state. That's what I'm saying. So she's against not a, two white.
2: Men well, she's done who if she doesn't
3: get fifty percent ish in California.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. Remains to be seen, but I don't see her as a contender at this point. I also
3: don't see her dropping out. No, I, I mean, well, there
0: would be no benefit for her to drop out. If anything, it it ups her brand. There isn't? are
3: certain people who are gonna who who have enough corporate funding to take it all the way to the convention. They're hoping that more people. Have enough funding to take it all the way to the convention. And if Bernie right. starts going well, those people will magically get enough funding to take it all the way.
2: But to the you've got to reboot yeah. Kamala. You'll have to do
3: Kamala 3.0, 4.0, yeah. 5.0. Yeah, I and I don't think that's If she starts with all the money in the world. If she I don't starts think live that. streaming her trips to the dentist, we know she's in trouble. <laughs> it's coming.
2: It's coming. <laughs> do you know that Hick and Looper's MSNBC town hall had more people watching it than Beto's?
0: Yeah, I thought I'd share surprising. that. That's No, I didn't know that. Hot. You know,
2: that undermines the whole Beto argument. Was that the one where you talked about watching porn with his Did
0: mother? anybody see Beto this weekend? I, don't I don't didn't see him The Hick and, any, Lo- Hick
3: and Looper is the guy. I didn't, yeah, I talked about watching didn't porn with it. his mother.
0: Did, did anyone spot Beto standing on any tables this weekend anywhere? No.
3: No, I no. think we've And we've seen him because he's 10 feet tall. I think yeah. he was successfully embarrassed. I didn't see Beto once.
2: Was I, I saw his
3: people. They
2: I there see, were a lot of signs.
3: like looked like paid workers
2: holding signs, to be honest. yeah. Si
0: Yeah, I think he spoke at the general session on Saturday, but I never saw him anywhere.
2: Nope, just saw people with signs.
0: Okay, last question. Favorite speech that you saw? It could be any of the speeches, including Bernie's fundraising speech.
2: Uh, I like Tulsi at the Veterans Union, but um, I got to go with the fundraiser Bernie speech. Just cutting the bullshit, talking more directly to people.
0: And seeing the humorous side of it, yeah. with the pot. Mm-hmm.
2: See, and the, the confidence. I mean, that's
0: pretty funny.
2: What people are missing, and we should not be confident, but we yeah. should not lose faith because he's still confident mm-hmm. yeah, and we're doing well,
5: mm-hmm.
2: despite yeah. all the narratives out there. I agree. And
3: and his speech really reinforced that for me. So, yeah, I had signed up to do uh, help set up for the Veterans Caucus. So I wasn't able to go to the fundraisers. So... I, I'm with you on on Tulsi's speech. I think that was that was a very moving and really impactful speech. And I think if she can maintain that, um, she's going to be one of the serious contenders I when the convention goes yeah. around.
0: I think she will be. Um, wow. I would like are, her to be. I'm surprised I you didn't pick the speech that I'm going to pick. No middle ground.
3: The so, no middle ground. Yeah. Yes. I think there were, I mean... First of all, it's not like we didn't love every speech Bernie gave, right? And I loved the "No Middle Ground" speech, but to see a candidate—and and Bernie was the same way—I think he just didn't carry the, you know, former combat veteran gravitas that Tulsi brought to it. Yeah. But to see both of them—yeah, she was really
0: in her environment network. To
3: see both of them yeah. speaking to a small room, personal. Right. I mean, very there was what, maybe twenty people in there. Yeah, and room. they were speaking from the heart. Yeah. I right? Think. They were speaking. There was not. There was probably a hundred people. Was there? Oh yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were getting votes. Of I Was like, really focused on. You know, eighty to fifty. I mean, there was there was maybe one hundred, two hundred people in the room. But what? But they were no, speaking.
0: That, couldn't have been that many. That
3: room didn't hold that many. Veterans, two hundred. Yeah, let's not argue argue about them. But there was a it was a small room. Nate need, need no, Silver to check in. Yeah, yeah Nate Silver sure. can check 176. in. Seventy-six. There's a seventy-one point four percent chance that's the right number. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but but that to see her speaking from the heart. And really uh, see the emotion on her face when she was addressing these issues so because you they know you know that they're her issues as well. Um, that really got to me. I mean, I think I'm still I'm still a Bernie guy. Uh, I, I would prefer that he win the well, nomination.
2: I just think that's her lane. Yeah. She's but always she going to so be yeah. a little better in that lane than yep. Bernie. Yep. But get her outside that lane. I still like her and support her, but yeah. it's all burning. But you said
3: favorite speech, not favorite candidate.
2: Right, right, right. So favorite right, speech, right. yeah. Absolutely. And
0: I, I would say my second runner-up would be Jane Kim's speech. Yes. yes. And I got I to so. give honorable, honorable mention to Pamela Price.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So now that we did that, worst <laughs> worst speech.
0: Oh, or God, speech. without any competition whatsoever, Donnelly, Delaney, John, well, that guy's speech. No competition.
3: I think there's strong competition.
0: No, you do. Wait, look, you know, he got booed off the damn stage. Right? I yeah. mean, and he and he didn't back down. Pete, the delegates were booing. He couldn't
3: talk. They were booing so They loud.
0: were booing so loud, and he carried on. He followed up this, no, we shouldn't do Medicare for all statement, and after the, this insane booing was going on, he followed that up with saying, well, we have to make sure that all these people to get, don't get thrown off health insurance. Which, because, you know, lefty, lefty face had to chime in. I screamed at him, that's the fucking point.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: We have Medicare for all. We don't need the fucking private insurance. Are you kidding me with this?
3: I, I, what competition I was I there agree. to that? Yeah. The thing is, the thing is... Um, I loved that speech. <laughs> for the same reason. I enjoyed right, right, that. Right. The okay. transparency I enjoyed transparency. that. Just, but I it I shows you for for
0: are. the
2: no, absolute okay,
3: cringeworthy clueless bad. violation of propriety and and the reason she was there. I have to give it to Barbara Lee's shilling for Kamala Harris <sighs> okay, at the right. Progressive all Caucus. Right, right, right. That You're right. was
0: that made that my stomach true. turn. It was bad. All right, you that's know, fair. Turn. How about
3: you? Honestly,
2: I left all the awful ones. I didn't stay through any (laughs) awful speech. Which was the awfulest you left? Uh, Well, uh, Pelosi. Pelosi in the main room I had to leave.
0: Oh yeah! I couldn't handle
2: any. Pelosi. I could even
0: drag my ass to that speech. Yeah, I, and, and I
2: knew I would. And seeing people waving Pelosi signs, like, there's <laughs> some reason to be supporting Pelosi at this no. thing. Like, why is there? She's not running for election, her so staffers. it's just PR. They're
0: they're the Puma, the, the Puma does, they're,
2: they're, Yeah, you know? right. But
0: Puma's got a Puma when you have
2: to manufacture support for someone who's not up for re-election. Like, yeah. why is that even a thing?
0: Because and, and, she's not popular outside. Right. Of she's the, so you know, unpopular. The only people she's popular with are the wealthy people in her district. Right.
2: right. But this is an effort to make her more popular with people within the party. Right.
0: It's not going to happen.
2: But why should you have to do that? Like if, if I have a job and I'm CEO, they're not like, Pat, CEO. And there aren't signs saying you're yeah. amazing.
3: <laughs> you know, you don't need that. I'm not running for office. I'm right. not yeah. – uh, And I got to give honorable mention to Amy Klobuchar at the Veterans Caucus. She got up and spoke. Look, she wasn't the worst. No, but the the reason the reason I'm giving her honorable mention is she she got up in front of a bunch of veterans, you know, of who came from combat, who are suffering from mental health issues, who are suffering from homelessness, who are suffering from all kinds of things. And I can't remember a fucking word she said. Right. It was just yeah. So
0: it was so toast. It was
3: completely non-existent. Yeah. And she sat at the at the uh,
2: the podium while they tried to tamp down the enthusiasm from Bernie, and she was very well, sour. She's very, She's very sour faced the about whole time. That. She well, had a look on her face. Bernie like is she a, a hard act to yeah. She, was she would stab
3: him. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. She- with a comb. With a sharp comb. Yeah, and I, I was admittedly worried because I oh, was shame. I was within range of anything she wanted to throw, but um, I Great. just I, have, I it literally did, just did not stick in my brain. No, she was no. so just nondescript in what she was talking. But
2: about. one of my favorite moments was at the Veterans uh, Caucus when Bernie finished and gave Tulsi a hug on the way
0: out. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Like that
2: was a very warm. Like you can you can tell they're still allies. Of
0: yeah. course, yeah, and of course. At the end
2: of the day, people worried about Tulsi.
3: Imagine undermining Bernie. That's not a a thing. If you want to imagine like a perfect world, imagine a convention where Bernie and Tulsi are the only ones left fighting for the nomination.
0: Yeah. yeah, It might come down to it.
3: No. They won't allow that. I'm very pessimistic on how those two are going to be, how far they're going to to be allowed to advance.
0: I hear what you're saying, but I have a little more optimism. I think things are changing in the country.
3: Mm
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Final parting words. Peter Douche.
2: Uh, Check your registration. They're going to be up to a lot of fuckery again. And try to, if you're in California, don't listen to these party people saying, oh, our elections are so safe and secure that nobody can change your registration. Check your registration. Make sure you're registered as a Democrat so you can. Vote in the primary election.
0: Well, you can still vote if you're MPP, but I suggest but, but I if, suggest you do what you do because that's where the shenanigans. You can come check in.
2: online because you'll get you'll, changed to Green Party or MPP. Um, MPP. And if you if you have to get a special ballot, you're probably right. not going to get counted. So you want to get
0: that's what I was going to say. You want to make sure as a
2: Democrat to be, right. for the primary and if you check switch it back. Switch back. I will,
3: but and yeah. check it the day that uh, a few days before the election because. That's when mine got
2: switched. If you're committed to voting for Bernie, you can vote early and that gives you time to check how your, that (laughs) gives you time to go and check how your vote has been counted.
5: That's right. John.
3: Oh, my last
2: words? Yes. Um,
3: I continue to go back and forth between thinking the California Democratic Party is a complete lost cause and just should be burned to the ground. Uh, And then I see people like um, the rank and file who got up and challenge the party leadership at it's the end. It's changing. And then I, I have, for me, which is unusual, a little bit of hope about this. But the, the thing is, um, the Democratic Party in California is only as good as the people who participate in it. Yeah, and the numbers are are trending on our side. So if you want to have the party infrastructure, the party apparatus, the, the ballot access that they have worked so hard to keep away from other parties. Mm-hmm. Progressives, in addition to starting third parties and pushing them, should overwhelm the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Okay? There should be so many people showing up for those ADEMS elections that they can't possibly cheat. They should have people attending as observers, even if they're not delegates, um, to these party conventions. But the thing is that the progressive slates of delegates yeah. are are winning. <laughs> should we right. wait? No. <laughs> world, world. They're winning, and we're 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 getting to the end of this. But I I think that there are um there are some signs of of hope. I'm not willing to throw my hat back in with the Democratic Party. I think we need to work outside it as
0: well. Yeah, no, I'm all for an inside outside strategy. And in fact, that's one of the things I like about PDA. PDA agrees with that strategy, which is why they've thrown their support behind independent and green candidates as well. So even though it's a you know progressive democrats of america they do have an inside outside strategy so i i agree with you look i'm all about coalition building if you're leftists and you want to fight for progressive causes i don't give a shit what letter you have after your name if yeah. you support the policies that i support i'm going to uh support you so it's you know
5: mm-hmm.
0: yeah all right guys thanks for coming on was fun okay multi-high five multi-high five <laughs> and okay.